time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome to After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. Thank you for joining us for our coverage of Miss Marvel for episode 103. I didn't have a clever, nerdy intro, so I just did something normal. But uh, you're going to be excited for this episode because we're going to be talking about all kinds of Comic-Con things. And Miss Marvel, the MCU Disney Plus show. Uh with me to talk about these things is my brother, Sean Davis. Sean, thanks for joining. Oh my God, it's great to be here in Hall H. We are here with 6,700 people talking about Miss Marvel. It's amazing. Yeah, I didn't mention them. I was waiting for them to, I was the cue for them to start cheering and yelling. They're but. not, they're not, they're guys, you got to clap. Well, all right. They just want to, they're so intentive to listen. They don't want to yeah, make you, a sound. Yeah. And they're they're really polite. I, usually, Hall H is like rambunctious, but they're being yeah, respect. Thanks, guys. I mean, we didn't Very ask you to do that, but also the acoustics in here are much better than it feels like when I'm actually you know in the audience. So that's interesting. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's weird when you're on stage at the mic. It's uh, different. <laughs> Very different. Uh, before we get into talking about Miss Marvel, we wanted to do a, a round of the old chunk fire um, in the form of a Comic-Con discussion. So me and Sean had the amazing opportunity to attend Comic-Con after three years of no con action. Uh, so we were super excited to go and super excited to tell you all about it. Um, we so dust, yeah, we'll yeah, dust it off the old professional badges that we somehow steal every year and able to get in. Um, it was, it was really convenient because basically Comic-Con takes like the last three years, they just kind of kept kicking the can down the road and we didn't have to do anything. And then our badges came in the mail a couple weeks ago. I was like, Oh yeah, surprise. Um, ever since we registered in 2020, you know, three years ago or 20 or 19 or whatever, whatever, you know, um, it took care of it then. So it was nice that, you know, they automatically kind of renewed everything for this year. Um, yeah, so it's like you you paid for it three years ago, and you kind of forget about it, and then you're yeah. all of a sudden it's like you got a free Comic Con pass. Basically, it's free. Twenty nineteen, yeah. Sean doesn't matter anymore. So right, exactly. It's kind of like paying for a a super expensive trip to Nepal three years ago, <laughs> and then forgetting exactly. all about it because of COVID, how and then getting we, a free trip yeah, to Nepal. That's, how do we make an economy based on paying for things years before you use them? Do, would that make any sense? I guess that's kind of what credit is. No, credit's the ba- act backwards. Yeah, it's you the other way the around. thing and then pay for it the rest of your life. Um, this is a better I, way. I thought about uh, like a um, like a like a, a law making system, like a society that the crew of the Enterprise might encounter in their trips around the galaxy, wherein the, the society only makes laws for their children. So the laws they make don't affect them, but they'll come into effect in the next generation. So meaning the laws will be the best laws they can possibly make because they can't be selfish. They can only uh, yes. help those that, who will inherit them. 
Anyways, anyway, that's a cool I idea. Don't... Although, you, how would you differentiate the generations? Right, there's got to be some like structure yeah, that would know. be interesting. That how they yeah. how they integrate that, and then also there's probably some bad actors that are somehow trying to you know it'd be fun to explore how someone could abuse exactly. that system for their personal right, and that, and that's what the crew of the Enterprise would have to like solve. They would yeah, encounter exactly. this and discover some nefarious things that like oh what a great system, and then they're like oh no some people were abusing it because people are awful. Anyway. Hear that, Strange New Worlds writers or showrunners? We got ideas right here in Hall H after the credits <laughs> panel. Oh, th- yeah, that's right. Dang, shoot. This was not the Star Trek panel. Well, that's all right. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Comic-Con. Um, we attended a good amount of panels. We saw some cosplay. We got some news that... Uh, I mean, it's not news if you're hearing it from us, but... Um, Maybe people tune in for us for news. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, after three years, I don't know what I was expecting. I was kind of low-key hoping it like suddenly just became twenty Comic-Con from like 20 years ago and <laughs> there was no one there anymore or something. Um, but I will say it did feel a little less packed than normal and i don't know if maybe i'm just so used to it or my expectations were like oh man it's gonna be sardines and we're all gonna be coughing each other's faces it didn't feel quite as bad as uh in years past um so that's kind of you know it felt a little bit lower key a smidge a very very small smidge yeah uh, getting into hall h was a non-issue for thursday and friday but then by saturday it kind of yeah, then it kind of reverted back to feeling like good old Comic-Con that, yeah. you know, crowds and not ge- be able to get to panels you want to get into. and uh, So, you know, it was, we were blessed through Thursday and Friday, can't complain, but then, yeah, Saturday was back to the usual. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, we'd just kind of go through some of the panels we went to and stuff. So Thursday, we actually, we went to more panels on Thursday than any other day, Um Partially because, yeah, there was, like, no lines, so we were kind of just hopping between everywhere we wanted to go. Um, and so, what, we started off with <laughs> the TV show The Rookie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't watch this show. Ryan, do you watch this show? I don't watch this show, although I did perfect. make a commitment to watch at least one one episode. We're the perfect audience show. for this, then. Um, yes. I think we went because, you know, Nathan Fillion was going to be there, and it was the first thing of the day, and we're like, yeah, let's go see if, go say, go see Nathan Fillion. He's a Comic-Con staple, a nerd icon. That'll be fun. And I think there was part of me, because we walked in the panels in Ballroom 20, for those in the know, that's the second biggest venue, essentially, at Comic-Con. We get in there, and the host comes out, the moderator comes out, some nerd journalist or something, I don't know. Um... And he's like, all right, we're going to bring the panel out. They're on Zoom up in L.A. And the entire audience collectively groans and like, what? No, I even think someone was yelling like, I waited in line. (laughs) The poor guy is just like, "Uh uh-huh, there's Zoom. And then, of course, as we all know from working from home for two plus years, that there's going to be tech issues. So if the Zoom doesn't work for the first couple of minutes and this poor guy is having to just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was he's like, I just delivered some bad news to an eager audience. And now I'm having to sweat through this the Zoom yeah. feed not being up. So I felt bad for that guy. But yeah. Um, and yeah, it was because it was like the first panel that we went to 
well, mm-hmm. I mean, presumably the whole con, really. I mean, yeah. uh, it was, yeah, an ill omen for what was to come. Uh, but it actually turned out to be a false omen. There was every other panel we went to was the, the yeah. folks were there in person, which is great. Um, and that was like the only one, I think, where we were there and there, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, eventually the Zoom did start working. So they had the normal panel and they talked about a show that we had no idea about anything about it. It's it's got to be like probably listening to an episode of a podcast about a show that you don't watch. It probably has a similar feeling. Um, but uh, that was fine. That was cool. But then right from there, Ballroom 20, we hopped straight into Hall H. No line. I think we only had to wait for like the cross traffic to go in order to get in the room. And that was we walked right into the D&D, the new D&D movie, uh, Honor Among Thieves panel. And... That ha- and the panel had Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, um, uh, what's his name? Not Jesse. Um, uh, Reggie, Reggae, the guy from Bridgerton. You all know that guy. He's on the Bridgerton yeah. thumbnail on Netflix. You've probably seen him. Um, and Hugh Grant. Yeah. Um, and that panel was a delight. It was a it was a fun kind of secondary opening to Comic Con. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it, it was definitely more true Comic Con fare. Yeah. Um, I wore it as opposed to the rookie, which was just a procedural cop drama. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> other than the fact that Nathan Fillion is the star, um, yeah. He did. Nathan Fillion did mention though that he watches and enjoys. I think you should leave. So there was that. Yeah, that was a huge moment <laughs> for us. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, yeah, that D and D. I mean. Uh, I didn't have any particular interest in that movie other than it's, you know, a fantasy uh, adventure dragons and what have you. Uh, But I had heard that the movie um, stars, you know, I'd read that it it got some star power in there. And just the idea that Hugh Grant might be at Comic-Con was like, oh, man, we got to see this. Like, this is. (laughs) Yeah. And it did not disappoint. That was definitely one of the. Well, yes. definitely the highlight of that panel, if not just the highlight of the whole con. I mean, he was... Yeah, he was, like, he clearly is just, like... I mean, he wasn't so, like, condescending as to me mean, but that British kind of level of endearing yeah. kind of sarcasm and charm where he's, like, clearly, like, oh, what am I doing here? But but kind of yeah. lovingly. And they were he's joking with the panel and just making kind of lewd jokes, but in a way that was like, oh, you, oh, you silly, yeah. you're so charming. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. He was so charming. It's like, oh, man, he just made a really dirty joke, but it's just, he's just so charming. Yeah. Um, so that was that was actually just a delight. Um, yeah. And they showed a uh, couple extended clips from the movie, and I do, I, I am actually, you know, more excited for that film than I was before. It looks like it could be a lot of just, like, fun, silly, silly fantasy fun. Um the movie seems to be not taking itself too seriously and really just yeah. going hard into the uh, comedy action kind of kind of thing. And I like Chris Pine a lot. Justice Smith is in it as well. So, I don't know. It seems like a good cast. Should be fun. Yeah, that, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. What was the, the next panel? We went to the Severance panel, um, which the Apple plus tv show or whatever it's called i guess mm-hmm. no it's not apple plus it's apple tv plus whatever it's called anyway um with uh so that was that was a great panel too it had um essentially all of the stars other than christopher walken and uh john, john yeah john yeah. 
But it yeah, but it did have Adam Scott and it had the gal the yeah lead, I, uh, I forget her name. So, uh, well, anywho, and yeah. well yeah, all the main guys. Um, yeah, uh, but, even like that one Daichin, the girl from Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I just remember because her name's so unique. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Stiller, though, or actually the show, the head creator of the, the actual creator of the show. I forgot his name, too. And then Ben Stiller as well. Yeah. The, um, producer yeah. and stuff. So that was awesome because apparently Ben Stiller had never been to Comic-Con before. Um, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. And one little bonus of that panel is that Patton Oswalt. Oh, that's right. Her, uh, yes. He uh, moderated and yeah, it just it was like, oh, wow, this is really cool that he, I mean, yeah, because he's like a huge comic nerd and it's just, yeah, he, he has that great energy that that I love and um yeah and he's uh, you know obviously they asked him for a reason but he's a huge fan of the show and so he's like nerding out about the show too and you know asking him questions like what can you tell us oh what does this mean and uh it was just kind of fun to see him all talk about it. they showed a clip uh kind of a blooper reel of some of the stuff you know obviously from the season that was fun um uh yeah, I mean, obviously they didn't go into, you know, tell us anything spoilery or anything, but just kind of looking into or getting insight as to the creation of the show, what their thoughts were, and even things like, you know, how does Adam Scott play this character, how, you know, the character that's essentially two characters, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a delight. Um, that was, I mean, I think we've mentioned that we had watched Severance mm-hmm. during a previous chunk fire and that we was a, a beloved show of ours. So yeah, it was, yeah. it's great to make that kind of connection where, you, you know, you care about um, a, a show or a movie and then you got to kind of get a little look behind the scenes uh, at Comic-Con and these panels that they, they give you some deeper insight. So, yeah. Um, and the, uh, the next panel was just Comic-Con glory in its finest. This was Shatner on Shatner. So yeah, like, seeing william shatner at comic-con like what what else yeah. what else is there to say uh that's that's it was awesome it was uh, kevin smith as well he hosted you know he was the moderator for this panel and it was i mean it, ultimately this was just a chance to get Shat, william shatner to talk because yeah. <laughs> he is a very entertaining man and yeah says he'll a lot just of go weird and stuff. go and go and he did and he just kind of went and went and went and he's wholly entertaining i think i was i had never you know seen him in person i don't you know and i it i don't i'm sure he's been at previous cons that i've been at but i haven't been to where whatever um but they joked about how he used to be going he started going to the cons whatever 30 years ago or whatever and stuff um but uh he was not quite as pompous as i was expecting to be i think i had an image in my mind of just being this like big pompous ass and he kind of is but he's more self-aware about it yeah than i was expecting he has a pretty good sense of humor about himself overall so it was like yeah he's he's really entertaining um the panel itself was about a documentary that is coming out about him about his life i guess next year um so it had a couple of the producers of the movie on it but they sat there for the hour as yeah for the most part In fact, I think wasn't it Kevin Smith knew that once Shatner's on the stage, it's going to be this the Shatner show. Yeah. So that he made sure to spend a, a good enough time yeah. with the, the the filmmakers beforehand. Yeah. Because um, once Shatner's on stage, then it's it's all. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, it's all something. 
And what it, you know, they he talked about various anecdotes stories and kind of went off on this or that. He talked about in space, and he always, you know, if anyone is aware, he he has the tendency to tr- just like try to be super profound and just like I don't I don't know. It's hard to describe William Shatner, but like I was in space, and to the left I saw the wake of the ship flying behind us, and you could actually see it. You could see the wake like in water, and then to the right. I looked at the window and it was just the blackness. It was just the blackness of space, empty, death. And I looked to the left and it was the blue planet Earth, life. And on the other side, light, death. And it was life and death on either side of me as I was saying, you know, just like he goes on. And then they showed a clip from the documentary, which just like looks like the most indulgent <laughs> William Shatner thing possible. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it, yeah. just, you know, like an angled, well-lit, Shatner yeah. face, you know, against a black kind of background, and it's just you know, swelling of maybe some music, and they would kind of cut between like beautiful images of trees and yeah. blowing majestically in the wind, <laughs> and you know, kind of cutting back to him, and and again, like Sean said, very like him trying to be profound, not trying to be being profound, yeah, yeah. um, but but also very like what is it, waxing poetic kind of a yes. thing, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm gonna. I, I'm actually kind of. Now that I've gone to the panel, I might. Yeah, I, I'm more interested it, now. I mean, in that level, I guess it succeeded. I will say too, it was interesting. That panel was in Hall H. It was the last panel of the day yeah. in Hall H. And again, we walked right in. You would think that with Kevin Smith and William Shatner, both kind of iconic staples of the nerd realm and comic, and you know, Comic Con in general, would be more full. But I would say the room was maybe half full maybe um so it was just a surprise just like man we're like again the first day we're like man this is so great there's not going to be any lines all weekend we're walking <laughs> straight into this william shatner panel crazy um but uh but yeah it was you know it was a lot of fun it was awesome just to finally you know see him in person and he's 91 which was a running joke throughout the panel that it kept yeah. coming up i'm 91 i'm 91. but man he he could easily pass for later late sixties or something. Like he seems yeah. just all there, fully capable and you know. Yeah. So he's doing pretty good for ninety one. Yeah, no, he's doing insanely good. I mean yeah. he was talking about how he was like riding horses and stuff, like a, like crazy these crazy rain yeah. horses or whatever they're called just a f- yeah. few days ago. So anyway, so he's doing good. Um yeah, that was that was definitely a huge uh panel for me getting to see Shatner at Comic-Con. That was a yeah, big moment. Definitely a highlight. Um, fun. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, so uh, yeah, there was actually one more panel that we went to this day uh, on Thursday and the signs behind board games. And as the listeners may know, Sean and I are involved in the designing of board games. Um, check out Code 3 at your <laughs> local board game. As shop. long as you live in North County, San Diego. <laughs> Actually, I don't yes. know. Maybe did Brandon make more rounds? Is it more available? I don't know. It, it might be actually. Oh, um, cool. Write into um, this podcast to ask us if it is available at a store near yeah, you. Exactly. Or we could just uh, send you a copy if you'd like a copy. I mean, yeah, we probably could figure yeah, that out. But it's you got to pay for it though. Well, yeah, you get, yeah. maybe not. we'll find out. Hey, actually, that's a bonus. Remember, that's a bonus. We got to incentivize listener email. That could be something. Ooh. We get a prize board game. That's true. Also, or maybe we have, we have if we have those promo cards. Promo. Oh yeah, promo cards. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this, <laughs> the, 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 you know, potential ideas for the future. Uh, yes. 
But the panel, yeah, science, the science of board games. Um, and this was actually interesting. It was like a late panel. It was like at 7.30 after most of the panel or con has closed at that point. So, and this was in one of the smaller rooms up, if you're aware of the convention center on the second floor. There's all these rooms that 20, I think it was room 24 or 25. Um, but sometimes these are my favorite panels because they're much more intimate and they're obviously much more niche. And man, this panel did not disappoint. It, it you know, yeah. in terms of the content, it may be my favorite. Well, there was a lot of good stuff, but was up there with one of my, some of my favorite panels over the con. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it... So the Comic-Con does have more um, focused panels that are yeah. like not so much like, oh, here's just essentially an advertisement, right? Yeah, That's yeah. a lot of times what these panels are. But for for these smaller ones, I'm always like, if it's it, like, oh, how to break into the comics industry or how to write a script or how... To... Yeah. And Sean, I think maybe you've even mentioned on the, on the cast, but sometimes they're so... Um, amateurish and in, in, in yeah. like like oh how to write a movie script well sean you went to school for this you you've <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. done this you've yeah, written yeah. multiple movie scripts so it, on one hand you're like oh i want to get some, i want to go and, and get some fresh perspective or get some insight or, or improve my ability with whatever this is but sometimes it, like you said it's so just yeah, it's it's like 101 stuff that it's yeah, it's, it's, or you know, like really... you get there and you're like, oh, why am I listening to this person who like, I have a blog about screenwriting and that's my credentials for how right. to write a movie script. Like, not to diminish anyone who you know whatever, but I just it's like, I, I don't know if they're necessarily any more qualified than potential other people. I think it's more about the communal experience, you know, in those in that sense. But it is kind of sometimes interesting. And and to that point. When we first got into this panel, the science board games, they kind of went down the line and it was a mix of board game designers and like neuroscientists or psychologists in the field. And the board game designers, I did not recognize any of the games they mentioned. I, I maybe, maybe recognize a game or two or whatever. But at first I thought, oh, are these guys just like amateurs? They just like got off. This, I don't know, the street or I don't know, whatever. So I was kind of skeptical when the panel started at first. But then when they started discussing and they actually got in the conversation, oh, man, the conversation. I could have sat there for another hour easily yeah. just having them talk about, you know, all like what is what makes a game addictive or fun? And like, do games have to be fun? That's a whole topic of conversation. Can you have a board game that is intentionally not fun, but is still a good board game? What, you know, how do learning games work? You're trying to teach something to someone, but as soon as they start to learn that, then the board game becomes less effective as a game because they know it. So how do you keep people coming back? And like, I don't know, there's so many like interesting realms of conversation and how it pertains to design and just like what what the player is experiencing without realizing it and how you are able to manipulate that and ideally tap into that. So. Yeah, it was both, you know, the conversation was both broad and deep. Yeah. Um, like, it, they even touched on things like game theory mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, computer science to some degree and just, you know, the the aspects of knowledge itself yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and informed information, to, you know, inf to inform mm -hmm. your decision making. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was just a really good panel. Like Sean said, I think, yeah, I, I could have sat there for another hour at least just just listening to these guys go at it so yeah that was a real fun one that's real good yeah it was fun and and it got out later so that and that, so thursday we that was five panels we went to on thursday which was a lot and was you know most of the day we were in panels all day thursday so 
Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know, did you, because I, I did go to preview night on Wednesday night, so I had a good chance, you know, a couple hours to explore the floor, but I'm not even sure, did we even hit the floor? I think Thursday? we did briefly for maybe like an hour. I don't even know if it was an hour at a time. I think it might have been between things, because we also did other things, a couple other things in between sessions that day, too, which we could talk about a little bit later, but, um, but yeah. most of the day was in panels on that Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's jump to this, the Friday panels. Yeah. Um, the first of which was, I think, it has to be the best panel of the whole comic. Yeah. It, for me, like, it is hands down. Like like I said, the board game panel was awesome in that conversation, but it, it's a completely different animal. But yeah, this panel was, man, it was yeah, what, awesome. What you think about when, you, when you're yeah. talking about going to panels at the Comic-Con, you're talking about Lord of the Rings... Yeah. You're talking about an orchestra on stage to yep. open the the whole ceremony. Um, and it's, it's an extended uh, session, so it's, you know, it's 50% longer than yeah. every other panel because they they said, you know, we're making this epic. Um, yeah, and I think we got in like 5 minutes late. And so yeah. we walk in and the orchestra is already playing. And it's, so it's like super dark, but then there's lighting on stage with like, you know, mood lighting and stuff, but it's a live orchestra on stage as we're walking to hall h playing the like lord of the rings epic fantasy kind of music and oh man it's like oh geez this is amazing this is awesome um and then yeah we find our find a seat sit down and who comes out but uh stephen colbert (laughs) he's the moderator (laughs) of this lord of the rings panel which was amazingly awesome um if anyone is a fan of colbert watches the late show they probably may know or maybe not, but he is a huge nerd, specifically a huge Tolkien nerd. Like, yeah, I remember he used to mention when he was on the Daily Show and stuff, but um, he, like, like not just like a casual, just like, oh, yeah, I like the Lord. Like he studies Elvish and Tolkien and he's read the yeah. Silmarillion and all the extended stuff multiple. He has it memorized. He has like, I like he's like he's a, he was a bigger nerd than pretty much anyone in hall h at that time like yeah full of 6500 people he was probably the biggest nerd in the room um, yeah if you know people would come up to the, you know during the yeah. end of the session people came up to the mic to ask some oh i know more about yeah. lord of the and and he would just school them uh, <laughs> it was, it was, so great. It, was it was amazing it was it was fantastic um, but also he's just like such a professional like he was in a suit and stuff too which was funny like it looks like you're yeah. you know you feel like you're at the late show he's in his suit like he's hosting a you know a talk show or something and he's obviously very professional and funny and everything so it just yeah. like s elevated the entire experience um but then, yeah, they brought out the the creators of the show. So the panel was, you know, it's about the new Amazon show, The Rings of Power. Um, and so they brought out the showrunners, a producer, and they had a good talk for a while just with them about what this is, what they're doing with it, and all that stuff. And it was really insightful. It was really interesting. As someone who was vaguely aware, you know, well, not vaguely, but, you know, knew, knew the show was coming out, um, but I didn't know a ton of details. It It really did do a good job of kind of selling it. Um, and they did a good job of selling and just like showing, showcasing what this show is and why it's different and uh, than the movies and the books, but also why it's, you know, important. I, I don't know if important is the right word, but, you know, significant. Why this is a story worth telling and why this is the venue to or the, uh, you know, the media to tell it with this. This it's supposedly going to be a five season show on Amazon. So, yeah, yeah, it. um so yeah, I'm definitely, you know, 
many times more excited to see the show yes. than I was before. Yes. Um, so they, yeah, I mean, if the intent of these panels is to raise excitement and interest, then mission accomplished. Um, yeah, I mean, and I guess now we're passing it along to everyone who's listening. We're influencers. Are we influence? Is this what influence is? Is that how that works? I think that's how that right works. Um, yeah, but I think yeah. there's part of the equation where you get a lot of money. Yeah. Do we get? Do we get so I don't know how to. Do we get a free trip to New Zealand? I think. Yeah. Uh, so if you were interested by the Rings of Power because of our discussion of it, send us money. Is, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's how it works. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, but then they did bring out like. <laughs> most of the cast i guess they had like yeah. three separate sessions with different cast members because you know it's a big gigantic ensemble cast about this entire of all of middle earth so they brought out like six people and they're like you know these i don't know elves or something there's gladriel and there's elrond and there's a whole bunch of other people and then that they asked them questions and then they brought out a new panel of different actors and here's some of the humans and the high lords of this or whatever and some of the dwarves and then okay that's talk to them oh, another panel of new actors and here's some of the hot they're not hobbits but the hobbit equivalents in the second age of the lord of the rings uh, the middle earth um as well you know what I, so it's just like there's they probably brought like over 15 people out that are part of the cast. So we got to see the full cast. Most of them are unknowns. Well, I don't know if unknowns, but you know, they're not like, there's no giant like name recognition, which I, you know, kind of appreciate. And I think they intentionally did that um, to an extent. Um, but and also the panel itself in Hall H, they had the side screens up during all of this. If you, if anyone who's been to Comic-Con, maybe this sounds familiar, but like during certain panels and like big epic stuff, they have all these extra screens that come down. So there's not just a screen at the front of the room, but the entire side walls are flanked with these screens. And then they project usually like really, really, you know, panoramic landscape art or, pro, you know, pictures of all the cast all lined up or something like that. So it really feels like not quite IMAX, but kind of a little bit like that, where you're kind of like surrounded by all this art or different uh, material from the, from the show. Yeah. It, it just, this, yeah, kind of, yeah, again, just to, they, they, uh, no expenses spared to kind of just up the ante and get you, get you pumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, it's, uh, definitely a huge, and of course they ran over time just cause yeah. Stephen Colbert was just yeah, so, exci- you know, he's so excited just to keep talking about it. So they did eventually have to end the panel, but, um, but yeah, that was uh, just an amazing. Yeah, it was definitely highlight of, and I think also just because that was kind of unexpected. Like, one, like, yeah, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but I didn't necessarily know what to expect from the show. Part of me is just like, oh, why are they doing the show? Part of me is like, okay, cool, I'll watch it. But I'm, but man, this had me so excited, and the level of you know production and care and time and energy and everything they're putting into this thing has me way more excited than I thought, and. That we got into the panel without waiting at all. We just like yeah. showed up like, and we'll get to the little bit extended story of this. But we had been waiting in line for something else earlier in the morning. We didn't like we got there late. The panel started at ten thirty, I think. We finished with what we were doing at like ten twenty five. Walked over to Hall H and walked right in. It was like, how did this happen? How did we? How did we get into this? But we did. Yeah, um, and then after that panel ended, we booked it on over to a panel about uh, Spotlight on Pierce Brown, um, who is an author 
Uh, he wrote the Red Rising series. Um, Sean and I are huge fans. Um, this beloved series. I don't know. If there's too much to really say about this. He kind of just had a chance to talk about what he's been up to during yeah. COVID and his a little bit about his. It was two writers talking to each other. So and it wasn't really. It was more them talking to each other yeah. as authors and writers and their yeah. writing process and and how they they made their way through COVID and and how that affected the writing things like that. Um, and there was a short Q and A session. Um, just. There yeah, was, it was yeah. it was more about the process and more intimate, just kind of him. I mean, he was just a guy in a t-shirt and a hat. You know, what I mean? it felt very like he always is. He's you know he very you know down to earth kind of guy. Every time we've kind of interacted with yeah. him, yeah. Um, so it was just kind of cool. Just like he's up there, like yeah, I don't know. I I picked up the, during the COVID. I tried to learn the ocarina, and uh, and <laughs> I don't like writing in this format. I like writing in this format, and I don't like doing this and. I, you know, whatever. It's just him kind of talking about his process, which was cool. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, it, I don't think that panel would be particularly interesting to anyone unless you, A, yeah. were a writer, or two, or B, were into the Red Rising series. So, yeah. um, But that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I we so are super glad those we things. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, let's see. Then we went to, well, yeah, we went to the Berserker panel. Yeah. Um, and this was, this is, for those who don't know, this is Keanu Reeves comic series uh about an immortal who's like eighty thousand hundred years old or something um it just came out last year so it's i think it's they only have like 10 issues out or something um but uh and they're convert they're making a movie and an anime about it so yeah i mean i had no i did not know what this was you had vaguely been aware yeah. of it so you told me a little bit about it but it was we just went to the panel because Keanu Reeves was there. <laughs> that was... Yeah, so we saw Keanu Reeves. We saw is... Keanu Reeves. That's yeah, that's cool. And we got a free poster for Berserker. <laughs> so there's that too. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, they didn't. I don't know. I mean, it seems cool. I don't. Yeah, know. Some... I... <laughs> I don't know what. I mean, I haven't checked it out myself, so I, no, I can't I don't really yeah, say, say much. But those are the panels for Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said earlier, Saturday hit and our riding high from Thursday and Friday of getting into whatever we wanted to get into. It, you know, reality hit on Saturday morning when we got there and there was a line outside of Hall H. Um, because of all days, the Saturday was the most stacked in terms of big panels that day. But we thought the Marvel panel ended the day in the, eve- in the afternoon at like 4 o'clock. But we figured we would be able to get into that as long as we kind of lined up early enough or were, you know, didn't mind waiting a little bit, but earlier in the day, there was a couple other panels. There was a panel on the new Sandman show on Netflix. That's coming out. There was a panel on the game of Thrones prequel show that's coming out. And there was a Paramount plus panel on the star Trek shows, the new seasons of some of the new star Trek shows. So we got in line early on about when the game of Thrones panel was starting, which was one of the first panels. And we, the line was moving fast and it seemed like we were going to get in, you know, we were, we were in the, we could see the doors to Hall H with where we kind of eventually stopped and we're like, okay, well, we just got to wait for the next panel to get out and we'll get in, shoe in, right? And then we sat there for four hours. <laughs> yeah. Didn't move at all. Yeah. Which is uh, quite strange. I mean, usually yeah. there's a little bit of a trickle just kind of yeah. as they squeeze in people in the little, you know, 
just the spaces in between. I mean, it's a big, 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 big hall, so yeah. they can squeeze, but uh, there was no squeezing to be done. Um, I guess not, yeah. Didn't happen. So it's really yeah, pretty unfortunate. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, I guess we've waited longer in the past, you know, but yeah. it, it was just kind of a bummer that it four hours without any payoff because eventually we just realized that we're not getting in and we just had to call it. So we got out of line, which was, you know, obviously I'm glad we got out of line when we did. I guess I would have preferred earlier, but, but then we had an ample opportunity to just kind of walk the hall and stuff. But yeah, it did mean that we did not get to see the big panels in person. Obviously the biggest being the Marvel panel that we didn't get to see this year. Womp womp. No, but, uh, but I mean, it's, it's okay. Obviously, it's always cool to be there in person, but you yeah. know they published the timeline, and so we all got yeah. to see that. So that's you know, it's, so cool. that's, yeah, yeah, so good. Um, but then uh, after the Marvel panel was the Kevin Smith panel, and we did make it in for that. <laughs> yeah. The the famous every Saturday evening the panel with Kevin Smith. It's a Comic Con tradition, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, it, the panel itself has changed over the years just because Kevin Smith has changed over the years. Um, but I still enjoy it. It's it's a must see. Um, and he talked well. He was specifically talking about his new film, Clerks Three. Yes, they're making a third one. Um, and we got to see the first. I don't know five minutes of that, which was yeah, yeah, it was yeah, whatever. It was, it was fine. It was whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they brought the cast out, so they had, and it was basically the cast of Clerks. So it's Jason Mewes and uh, I don't Brian Hurahan, uh, whatever, who plays Dante, yeah. Jeff something, who plays um, the other guy, Randall, <laughs> Randall, Randall, uh, and uh, someone from Clerks Two who's coming back for this one. I don't know. Basically, the main cast they're all fine, but most of it is just Kevin Smith talking, which is the reason you go to that because he's just a great, just a great talker. Like he really has a sense of, you know, conversation and story and just really charismatic in the way he tells stories. And like you said, things, his, his personality and well, maybe not his personality, but his, um, outlook i don't even know how to say it has changed over the years i don't know how to even say it uh yeah i mean more specifically it's you know he used to be pretty vulgar he still can be vulgar but he's definitely toned that down quite a bit um the q a session would often yeah (laughs) be a sort of like a just like yeah uh uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for the uh crucible of comic-con almost or something just like this is what i say put everything into this pot and condense Comic-Con down to its essentials. And that's what a Kevin Smith Q&A session would be like at Comic-Con. Um, just a whole bunch of nerds, sometimes angry, not angry, but just like sometimes trying to make fun of him, but him firing back and being so even funnier. Them just talking about complete nerd specifics and ranting about whatever and vulgarities and just obscene, hilarious stuff. And now he's much more... Um, uh prosaic he's much more like has a lot more emotion imbued with kind of all the stories he tells everything is a lot more of a personal kind of story to him so it's it's great but in a slightly different way um well they're still definitely part of that you know old school dna still laced throughout it so yeah yeah um so that's always a highlight for for me but that that ended our saturday 
panels, and then we just had one panel on Sunday, which was cartoon voices. And that this is a favorite of mine. I have to go yeah. every year. They do actually do two of these panels, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Uh, Sean mentioned we were busy waiting in line um, yes. for the Saturday one, but we did go to the Sunday one. And um, yeah, it's basically the some of the best voice actors in the industry uh, for you know, for cartoons, uh, for commercials, for video games, for any reason you'd need voice actors. And there's plenty of need. Uh, and they get together and they'll they'll talk about their, a little bit about their career and what voices they do. And uh, then they'll do a, a, a cold reading of uh, a script they've never seen before. And they'll, they'll read through it using all their funny different voices. Um, and it is a real showcase for their talent in terms of being able to do so many different voices. And uh, as well as kind of their just ingenious improvisational Yeah, they're all just generally good funny funny performers um in general so yeah yeah you wouldn't necessarily think that that's like a skill you need to be in a voice actor because well you're behind the mic and you are in a recording booth why do i need to be spontaneous well it's it's your ability to kind of get in the character and 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 have these different tools that you're you're so experienced using um and having these different voices and personalities and being able to just dip into them you know at a moment's notice um, and it, yeah, I mean, voice actors are some of the best talents yes. in the business. Absolutely. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a spotlight on them and they are fantastic and I love it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say briefly, um, who the big one, Fred, Tad- Fred Tadascori was there. Is that how you say his name? I don't know how you say his name. I think so. But yeah, he's a favorite. He's, he's a favorite. He shows up all most of the year, most of the time at these things. He was there, um, Jim Meskimen, yes. he does a lot of the impressions, I think, right? Is that? Yeah, no, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. him. Um, uh, Gray Delisle and Zeno Robinson and Rosemary yeah. Watson were the other ones on the panel. Um, yeah. So the names may not be super familiar, but I'm positive that most people have probably heard their voices in some yeah. some way or another. Yeah, and it's always one of those fun things where you're like, oh, wait, I know that voice. Yeah. This is that person? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, it, and that might be. Because you knew him from some cartoon or some yeah. commercial or just, you know, that the Jim Meskimen, he does so many impersonations yes, yeah. that he, you know, a lot of the, what they, I forget what the term it is, but they all come in back in a movie and they'll actually fill yeah. in lines yeah, because they can't bit, get yeah. the, the actual you know, they can't get Leonardo DiCaprio to come back yeah. because he's moved on to another project. So he'll yeah. come in and, and fill in those lines, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting job to have. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. But anyway, those are the panels. Um, yeah, solid I mean, bunch this year. Yeah, I mean, we went to, it's. I think we count 10, that's about 10 panels we went to, which I feel like is a lot. Well, maybe not, but it felt like there was a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like definitely we don't go to this many that often. And despite, you know, you know, I should say in spite of that four-hour wait uh, on Saturday, the rest of the time there was no wait. So it was really nice to just kind of basically go to all these things without investing a whole bunch of... Yeah, uh, we got to plan and wait in this line for however long. And it just kind of felt really nice to be able to kind of pop into any of the panels we wanted to go to for the most part. Yeah, um, I guess just to maybe kind of round out some of the con experience. You know, one of the greatest yeah. or fun things to do is just walk around the floor, walk around outside, and, and see the people that are in cosplay, and um, just it always enhances the con experience. And 
I'm guilty of not contributing to that because I've never dressed up in costume. But... <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. Um, but I'm not a nerd. Yeah, yeah we just go to make fun of the people who dress up in costume. Um, uh, no, they would make fun of us. I feel like yeah. At this point, if you're not dressing up, you are the one to be made fun of. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if there's anything that stood out to you. I don't remember any one particular costume that was like blew my mind, but there was a handful of their really good ones. I'm trying to think of a trend. That was happening this year. There was a few Eddie Munson's. Um, not as much as I thought there'd be, considering how simple a costume it is. Um, but there was a few. I saw a lot of Wanda's. I saw a lot of uh, yeah, Wanda Maximoff's. Yeah, she was big. Yeah, she was pretty big. Um, I felt like, for some reason, I saw a lot of clouds this year, which is always the case. I feel like there's always... But I don't know. For what, whatever reason, it felt like this year, I felt... Yeah. Like, maybe um, a lot of good clouds. Like really good yeah, the clown. You're right. They the and they had you know they had the Buster sword that was yeah. you know obscene. Yeah. Um, and the well, you mentioned the Stranger Things, but at the every every other person was wearing a Hellfire Club shirt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. which was actually kind of cool because it, yeah. it's just now, hey, that's you're now in costume because that's that's true. I did see a lot of um, or it seems like I remember seeing a lot of uh, Robin. In the season three, like ice cream shop costume, whatever you remember, the kind of sailory. She's like in a yeah. Sailor. I, for whatever reason, I saw a lot of those, and a lot of like guys dressed in that costume. I just remember that. Yeah. For some well, reason, well, it's so. um, that would be. The oh, Steve, I guess it was Steve's character. Yeah, so I it was guess it was Steve, Steve and Robin. Steve and Robin. That's it's, right. it's a fun duo, right? For like yeah, a, that's a couple. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, just, so that that was cool. I like that. Um, yeah, in terms of trends, I know. You know, there were some. I remember just like some years, like oh, this was the Naruto year. Everyone yeah. was wearing the Naruto headband. Yep. That's just yeah. what was the thing. Uh, I don't know why and how these things have trends like this. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. What the yeah, uh, but, zeitgeist is that people tend <laughs> yeah. to. Um, but this year was definitely, I would say, Hellfire Club. That was the big. Yeah, everyone true. had the shirt on, and it, it's yeah. it's cool because it's sort of just like normal T-shirt. But then you're yeah. like, oh, you know, and it's so fairly I, recent. I like that. it's only whatever a couple months old, so it's not been played so too pretty much. Fresh. Or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I saw. I'm trying to think. I I remember that Master Chief we saw. That was a pretty, yeah. I was gonna that mention that too. Good. He was super good. Like he was yeah. huge, and he just he the battle armor looked real yeah, real well crafted. Yeah. So that was good. Um, I did see uh, Marin from uh, Fallen Order. She was really good. The oh, Death that's right. You mentioned that. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool because I had just beaten that, so it was pretty fresh. Oh, yeah. And then I did see a Robin from uh, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, the Frank Miller comic. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Which oh, was, cool. you know, super spot yeah. on, just with the hair flip and the weird yeah. shoes, that like the elf shoe thing <laughs> going on. So it was, yeah, real good costume. So Yeah, uh, and then, of course, you know, there's just so much, it's hard to kind of remember everything. But yeah. their cosplay game was on point, as, you know, didn't didn't falter because of the pandemic or any by any means. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about waiting line on Saturday, but then getting out of line and actually that was kind of well nice because that did give us ample time to walk more on the floor because we were so busy on thursday with panels friday we walked a fair amount on the floor but i feel like that gave us more time on saturday and sunday to walk the floor and that's you know as much as i do love the panels i think the thing that i just you know like the most i don't even know why is just walking the floor i feel like that's the most where it feels like you're living comic-con as whatever that means that's you know when you're walking the floor, just going booth to booth, you walk it 50 times, and every time you walk it, it's like, how did what's this booth? I didn't see it this, you know, I didn't see it the other yeah. 50 times I walked the floor, and then you check out their little whatever they're doing, and um, 
you know, from all the comics vendors to the toy vendors to the artists to the big publishing booths, uh, the exclusive toys, um, and collectibles, and the Funko Pops, and anything and everything. Um, yeah, there's just always you 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 can never be bored, um, and it's just always it's endlessly entertaining. There's a couple things, you know, we made a couple purchases, a couple nerdy things here and there. I've got a couple shirts, I got a hoodie. Um, yeah couple other things one one highlight was one of the artists uh kind of near artist alley but he has his own booth is dave dorman um who is a prolific artist who draws a lot of things for marvel and star wars and you've probably seen his works before if you're not familiar with them but the thing that kind of stood out to us specifically ryan too is because you had just been on uh, the Young Jedi Knights Club podcast covering the Young Jedi Knights books in which Dave Dorman draws all the cover art for. Yeah, and that, that's how I kind of spotted him. I was like, wait yeah. a minute, I know this guy. And I yeah. you know, stopped by his booth and said hi and kind of had a little chat. Had him sign one of my my uh, the book, well, the book I covered on Young Jedi Knights po- uh, Club podcast. So, uh, Delusions of Grandeur. Um, so, it was cool to get his signature in that book. Yeah, he's uh, and he was super just like just sitting there down to earth, just and we're like, oh, I remember doing these books, and Kevin and Rebecca were nice, and you know them them in Lucasfilm or whatever, telling telling me what I what requirements I had to include, and just very just awesome, pleasant, and I had I bought one of his little art kind of books as well, and had him sign it and stuff. So um, that was yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, that was a delight. Uh, yeah, what else? I mean, we all, well, aside from the floor, I was going to say we went to and we made a couple art auction purchases as well, which is a fun kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I got a little Salacious Crumb uh, from Star Wars, yeah. the Monkey Lizard little art piece, and then the little robot art piece. So small art purchases, but it's fun going to an art auction. I feel like I'm high society. Yeah, and if you, people are unaware, there's a there's a art show that essentially you can make bids on throughout the throughout the Comic Con, and at the end of the show, if you have the winning bid, you get the art. And it's all, you know, some of them are prints and stuff, but they're all like you know, indie artists. They're not like big, so they're all original artwork. But these indie artists, and there's a ver- variation in quality. Um, obviously pretty high, but you see some stuff that like, it's stuff that you are not going to find anywhere else. So it's kind of fun. Just like, Oh, I'm, I'm at an art auction. I'm buying original art. And then you make a bid for like 20 bucks and you get this, you know, weird, crazy, cool, little quirky piece of art or something. So eh, that's a fun thing that we didn't start doing until a couple years ago. And I'm glad we kind of go and make that part of the regular comic-con tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. Um, I'm trying to think anything else on the floor or, oh, I have, oh, there's one thing we should mention is the, you know, we got Pierce Brosnan's autograph that, or not Pierce Brosnan, Pierce <laughs> Brown. That, that would also have been cool if we got Pierce yeah, Brosnan. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he's ever going to come. Uh, Pierce Brown, we talked about the panel we went to, but, um, we had, we got his autograph, some graphic novels we have as his. We, we get, we get his signing every year for the last five years. We've probably gone and got stuff signed by him. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um. And was one of the more interesting. We ended up waiting in line for no reason for that, which I yeah, guess we probably shouldn't dive into now because we could go on endlessly about that. Yeah. But, uh, um, so that's another thing we did. I'm trying to think any other 
Any other um, tertiary stuff? No, I, I mean, I think that's... Yeah, I think we summed it up. I, I don't know. There was one... Like, there's sometimes they like to have, like, the showroom floor uh, spectacles. Oh, yeah. There's the giant Lego Bowser. Oh, um, yeah, that was great. kind of cool. I had actually read about it before the con, so I was kind of excited to see it when I finally oh, got cool. there. But it's, like, seven, I don't know, something like 700 thousand yeah or some anyway some enormous amount of pieces and it weighs like i don't know seven tons yeah. it's probably more than that actually but um but it's kind of cool because it was just legos but it like it was actually at the nintendo booth yeah so but then at the lego booth they only had a real bowser so that was kind of weird <laughs> yeah. it's actually funny because nintendo always has a presence at comic-con but they also usually have this other showroom on one of the in one of the hotels in the marriott oh, that's right. yeah. where you have all the demos they didn't have that this year and the their their panel or their uh booth on the floor also didn't have any games on display so nintendo was there but they did had no games as really that i remember no they didn't i mean they had yeah uh, there was a game room like we went to, but there was not a Nintendo, Nintendo presence yeah. in that room. So I don't know. So it was interesting. So yeah, the big thing was just like you got to film yourself running away from the big giant Bowser, and it was a little thing you could you know, yeah. tour, you know, souvenir-y kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, another big spectacle is Ryan. You were you were so close. You were just you could have walked home with the thirteen thousand dollar Final Fantasy six. Magitech I know, it was so, so close. Um, <laughs> there's only, what, 600 of these things? I know. Well, you're um, going to regret that. <laughs> I know. It's going to haunt you forever. Yeah, uh, for those that are Final Fantasy VI fans, or just like Play Arts fans, yeah. uh, look it up. There's the, the Terra escaping... Um, Narsh. Uh, thank you, sorry. Narsh. Um, it's like this huge, it weighs... Well, we couldn't conclude, but over 100 mm. pounds. Um, it's gigantic, and it's her riding the Magitek armor, and it costs $13,800. <laughs> um, what a steal. And, uh, uh, yeah, that would be the most foolish purchase of my life. I need a new car, not a... <laughs> <laughs> if only it was functional Magitek armor. Then you, I could, know. Then. then you could justify it. And it would be hilarious because there's definitely no place to put it in my condo, but it would just be fun to have it just like on the ground. Like. In the middle of the living room. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, this is here now. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was super sweet. and But like $13,000. And that's, I mean, that's also just indicative of Comic-Con. It's just like you go around to the Play Arts booth or the Weta or the um, Sideshow Collectibles or, you know, all these kind of companies or studios that make these really intricate high up and there's awesome you can go look at all the displays and all the figurines and all the variations of figurines all the hundreds versions of all these cool alternate costumes or you know whatever everything and they're all either not even available like check out this is what's coming out next year this is our lineup for next year yeah. or they're like five hundred dollars for this figurine of robin you know sitting there or you know whatever it's just like that's cool i guess but yeah. What what am I do, what am I gonna do with that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and, then, and that's kind of my whole thing is like mm-hmm. I don't I even if I was like this wealthy entrepreneur like yeah. I don't have enough you know confidence in my own <clears throat> sense of of art taste to say yes <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna drop thirteen thousand on this. Yeah, or, or even a hundred or two hundred on yeah. this. Thing. Like, I, I mean, I, obviously I just, we have yeah. our share of dumb nerdy collectible stuff. Sure. But, but I feel like we're fairly reasonable 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, Anyways, it, yeah. It, that's kind of the fun though, <laughs> to live vicariously and just kind of check True. it all out. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was our Comic-Con, uh, shenanigans. Uh, I don't, do you want to talk about a little bit about news? Sure. And, yeah. I mean, maybe it's worth briefly. mentioning because like, like we said, we didn't get into the co- the Marvel panel, but there was also a DC or a Warner brothers panel earlier that day that we didn't make it into. Um, and there's a handful of kind of news things that are maybe worth kind of briefly talking about. Um, the biggest thing obviously is the Marvel stuff. So we could kind of briefly kind of touch on some of that. So the biggest thing, if you haven't uh, you know, just go Google it. Marvel released basically their timeline for the next uh, two, two, three years about what is coming out. Um, so, you know, we got Phase 4 is officially ending. The end of Phase 4 is the new Black Panther Wanda, uh, Wakanda Forever, which comes out later this year, November. Yeah. So that's, you know, okay, the end of Phase 4 is happening. We have a timestamp on that, which is kind of interesting because I'm not sure if they've been building to it. I don't know if it... It feels like if they are, it's been very, very subtle. And we've kind of talked about this in previous discussions about what are they building to, kind of. And I, I still don't quite know what the climax of this phase is going to be. Maybe maybe it doesn't need to necessarily all tie in quite yet, but it, it does feel just kind of like an arbitrary, okay, phase four is over. Phase five is starting um, in February of next year with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, um, yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah, as you said, the, the timeline's released online, so just look at that. And yeah, and yeah. I mean, that. and the next next year is pretty big. We got uh, Secret Invasion, a show about the Crawl Invasion, Scroll Invasion. Um, we got Gardens of the Galaxy three next year. We got the Echo show, which is based off the character from Daredevil. We got Loki season two. We got Blade, Hawkeye, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, what did I say? Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah, but Daredevil uh, also, is also Daredevil on, is also yeah, getting yeah. his sh- a new show, but that's not until twenty twenty four. We got an Agatha, uh, the Witch spinoff sh- series, which is December next year. We got Ironheart, which is I'm only vaguely aware of what Ironheart is, but kind of like a girl who ends up kind of being like Iron Man. I think. Yeah. Um, we got the new Captain America film, which is going to be um, Sam. Um, then we got Thunderbolts. I don't know what Thunderbolts are. I definitely know what th- don't know what that is. Um, and then Fantastic nope. Four in 2024. And then there's going to be two Avengers films with which end phase five in 2025. So in three years, <laughs> we got the end of phase five, which is Avengers, the Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. And I think there's even some things that are not listed that we I mentioned or on that timeline that we already know about. Yeah, like, I, I don't remember offhand, but there's other things coming. Aside from these things, yeah. Um, did wait? Did you mention Blade? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Blade yeah. is next year, basically yeah. a little over yeah. a year ago. Right, and and I guess before the second Black Panther is She Hulk, right? Is that oh yeah, and then She Hulk comes out uh, next. Well, yeah next month in a couple yeah, weeks which i'm now. super stoked for yeah and they showed a new trailer there's a new trailer for she-hulk there's a new trailer for black panther wakanda forever um they're they at the panel they showed a trailer for guardians of the galaxy 3 but they have not released it publicly because apparently there's still some special effect shots that they're finishing but uh the it is funny that the kevin smith panel that we went to was right after the marvel panel so kevin smith was at the marvel panel backstage and he was watching all of the panel and one of the first thing, or one of the big things he talked about, first things he mentioned when he come out on stage for his panel is how excited and just how 
he was like crying watching the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer backstage, like with his daughter or something. So apparently this trailer is amazing, uh, but it's not available, you know, yet for the public for the most part. But so I'm excited when that does come out. Um, I think there's like a I Am Groot weird little mini TV series. Yeah, little like kids, cute yeah, kids yeah. show thing. Yeah. So they have a plan. Lots of lots of stuff coming out in the next couple of years um and it's interesting and it's kind of cool to actually see what the big broad strokes are in terms of kind of the tentpole where things are leading um what the phases kind of are going to be delineated by that sort of thing yeah yeah definitely a lot of marvel's definitely not slowing down they're yeah uh, they're keeping at it so um, so that was the Marvel panel. <clears throat> like another panel we didn't get to was the Paramount Plus panel. Mainly they talked about a couple of new Star Trek shows. Uh, again, there's trailers out for Picard Season 3, which they had already announced this, but the little teaser basically shows all the cast from TNG coming back, and it shows them all, just their faces there. And Seven of Nine. She's she's in there too. Um, and then uh, Lower Decks Season 3 proper trailer, which looks great, looks awesome. I can't wait for that. There's deep, heavy Deep Space Nine feature in that trailer. Um, and I just love that show in general. So that's exciting. And I don't know if there's any other specific news from that panel. But that's the stuff that I remember. Um, what else? There was a, the Warner Brothers panel. They had a new trailer for the Black Adam movie, the Rock movie. But I don't know much else. Was there anything? Um, I feel like there was something else. Was there a Shazam Anything? Oh yeah, there was a new and there's yeah. a new Shazam trailer. That's right. I think I did yeah. watch the Shazam trailer, and I yeah. like yeah. I'm that look. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know yeah. about the Black Adam one as much. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm uncertain as well. I, I mean, yeah. I'm optimistic. Just, I guess maybe sure. just because yeah. I like The Rock. I don't know. I don't really know anything about Black Adam too, so it's just kind of an yeah. unknown property to me. So I'm not super invested either way. But, um, so okay cool there's that and then what else oh there's like a new john wick 4 trailer which they actually showed at comic-con after we didn't stay but they apparently showed it later that day in hall h because keanu like we said keanu was there so yeah um so that would have been cool if we were there for that but i they showed it for some other panel it's weird i don't know what else is i think those are kind of the big things new you know like we said there's a new sandman show so they had footage from that I'm sure there's a lot of actual comic book news if we want, if you're interested in actual comic books. But, um, yeah, I'm sure the Game of Thrones panel showed something, right? I mean, that show comes out in a couple weeks, so they gotta have had some new either footage or something as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know if <laughs> listeners, did you get the hard hitting news you wanted from this? Because that's all we got. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it, uh, Comic-Con was a blast. There's uh, always a reason to go if yeah. you're ever... Yeah, if you're ever not sure, if you want to, you know... I, I, yeah, I would definitely encourage it. Try it out for a day. If you don't get a ticket, just go downtown San Diego, hang out down there and enjoy the crowd, the ambiance, the wackiness. But if you ever do get a chance to get a ticket, absolutely take it up. Um, it's, a, it's an experience for sure worth uh, participating in. And every year, at the end of the year, we always stay till the floor closes at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And it's always kind of like, oh, man, it's over. Why can't Comic-Con just be life? Can't, why can't we just yeah. like, live like this? Walk in the halls and they announce, thank you for attending Comic-Con 2022. And the whole hall starts clapping and cheering. We made it. We did it again. So, Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice job. Comic-Con came and went. Until next year. Um, it was a blast. Thank you for attending our Hall H panel. Oh, wait. We haven't even started our Hall H panel because we have to talk about Ms. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're all here in the yes. first place. After the credits talks, Ms. Marvel in Hall H. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, look for us. We we are going to have a panel next year, so look for us there. <laughs> yes. Actually, I don't, it would be it would be funny if we did get our own panel. Like, it would be. I don't. I mean, I joked about other members of Castville. We should try to figure, do. I mean, no one would come except ourselves. <laughs> Just, well, the, the Castville is pretty big, so it would, it would fill the room. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Uh, I wonder what how you have to qualify or what qualifies oh our, my friend matt class the you know direct yeah. co-director and you know composer and filmmaker for ghost of the ozarks he was potentially going to be on a panel actually this year but uh the panel organizers never got back to him but that would have been awesome it would have been so cool to actually you know go to a panel with my friend on it and stuff so yeah um i mean well yeah because we're certainly not like we don't have the deep knowledge of like so it's not like people are going to come to like hear about, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if we're going to talk about Miss Marvel, like we are about to right now, I don't, I certainly haven't read all the Miss Marvel comics, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so it's not like we we're going to provide that level of detail. People just, just love us so much. They just want to hear us exactly. talk about anything. It's not even, yeah, it doesn't matter our level of expertise. They're coming for us. So, yeah. Well, with that, let's let's get into it. Um, spoilers uh, for anything Marvel MCU related. Uh, from here on out um so yeah sean why don't we hear a summary of what this show was about so first off it's ms marvel i don't know why but i kept saying miss marvel but it's not miss it's ms because it's ms dot you know ms period which is yeah. pronounced ms just i want to clarify that because i was in, i was calling it the wrong thing all this time everyone just didn't say anything. I was look. I look like an idiot. Anyways, so Ms. Marvel, what happened in this six episode show? So Ms. Marvel, she's a teenage girl, Kamala Khan. She's uh, lives in New Jersey. A big kind of comic book nerd. Not well, Avengers nerd. She's a big fangirl kind of character. Awkward teen. Um, her family is Pakistani, um, Muslim. She has a very kind of like you know close knit family. Grown up in Jersey. She wants to go be herself and go to this convention and kind of be her own person. But her mother specifically and her parents, you know, are keep a close protective kind of band on her. Um, her brother's getting married. Her older brother's getting married. She has ties with the community. Um, she has some friends that she, you know, some a guy named Bruno that kind of helps invent things. And I don't know. She's kind of he's kind of a wacky nerd kind of character, um, and she loves Miss Mar. She loves Captain Marvel. That's her favorite Avenger. She loves Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel. She wants to be her and looks up to her and stuff. So she wants to go to this Avengers Con, which is like Comic Con, but it's for the Avengers. Um, and she wants to go as Carol Danvers, but she doesn't have her parents' permission. They don't want her to go. They think the Avengers a bad influence, and they're concerned about her. A lot of, lot of familiar, you know, teenage angsty kind of drama and conflict. Um, but uh, she gets, she also gets uh, a weird kind of like heirloom sent from her grandmother who still lives in Pakistan, this bangle. 
I love how much bangles feature prominently in this show, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, She gets this odd bangle that she thinks is kind of cool looking, so she incorporates it into her costume for uh, this, for her Captain Marvel costume, Um, but with like her own little takes on it. Anyways, she sneaks out, goes to the convention, and as she's there, some wacky shenanigans happen, and someone's about to get hurt, but... The bangle magically has some powers and allows her to kind of save this, save a classmate from falling and potentially dying or getting hurt. And she realizes she has powers now, but that, uh oh, how is she going to handle these powers as a teenage girl with her parents don't wanting her to, you know, she they want to keep her on the straight and narrow. Um, so her parents, you know, <clears throat> don't aren't happy that she snuck out. But she wants to explore her power, so she kind of does a training montage with her friend Bruno. She thinks she could help the community and use her powers for good. And she she helps rescue this little kid who was about to fall. But in so doing, she kind of also breaks his leg. And she also makes uh, draws attention to herself. So the Department of Damage Control um, kind of has their eyes on her. And this is kind of a group of people who want to keep supers and people with supernatural abilities under control. So they're not going around destroying everything or out of control, but also there's kind of a very mild element of kind of racial profiling with this group. And they're not too keen on the, uh, Pakistani and Muslim community, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but not, you know, Kind of very, very post-9-11 vibes with this group. Uh, Department of Homeland Security is the obvious metaphor for what these this group is. Um, anyways, um, so she's on the run, and then some mysterious woman picks her up. And this mysterious woman is like, I, I know what you are, and I could help you. And she finds out that there's this group of people called the clandestines that have these powers as well, and that they could help her and but they want her bangle and she goes okay thanks and then it's the day of her brother's wedding and things are really exciting and it's a big wedding and they go to the wedding and it's a big crazy party with dancing and everyone happens in a blast but then the clandestines are upset that she didn't give them her bangle right away so they come and attack and try to ruin the wedding but she you know kamala wants to not draw attention to herself and all the craziness going on. So she pulls the fire alarm as she, this giant fight scene happens in the wedding. Um, she, her family thinks she ruined the wedding. Her, um, her life is in wrecks and over and she's upset. Her mom's mad at her. Um, her friends are potentially hurt as well because the clandestine people kind of beat them up. Um, but then she gets this weird message from her grandmother, who still lives in Karachi in Pakistan, saying, hey, you know, you need to come to Pakistan. Did you see this magical train thing? That a vision of a train or something? Um, and so then she goes to Pakistan. <laughs> they, they just go to Pakistan. They do it. They go to Karachi, her and her mother, and I guess just the, them two. And they meet their family who still live in Pakistan. And she explores her, you know, her heritage and her family and meets a lot of her family members and cousins and stuff. Um, but she also um, learns about her family history and what the clandestines are. And she learns that she is actually in the bloodline of the clandestines and or more colloquially known as the jinn. She has powers that the bagel man- bangle manifests and that um, 
her history is tied up with uh, 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 is it separation? Was that what it's, is that what it's called? Separation um, during the post World War II when Britain basically separated Pakistan from India. Partition. Um, partition. That's what. Sorry, partition, which um, separated a lot of and you know drove people apart. Uh, I I guess I think the idea being that Muslims would be moved to uh, Pakistan. And Hindus would, you know, like they have their own country of Pakistan, but basically it divided the nation, broke apart families and communities and all this. I'm obviously not doing justice to this actual real event in history that was very monumental and important um, in Indian and Pakistani history. Anyways, her family is tied up with that. And she kind of realizes what the significance of that is and where she comes from. And in so doing, she also helps stop the, the clandestines which she finds out are trying to basically come from this other realm, this other dimension who are trying to get back to their home dimension. But in so doing that dimension will kind of like destroy our dimension. So she can't let that happen. And she wants to stop them, but she also wants to kind of help them. And in the end, they decide to sacrifice themselves to not destroy the world. Something like that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something like that happens. You get the gist. Um, so she comes home from Pakistan, kind of bigger and better for what, who she is, learning her past. But her the Department of Damage Control is uh, has captured one of her one of the clandestines' uh, sons, who she had kind of a crush on and had grown close to, and so she has to go rescue him because they're gonna basically imprison him with you know no trial and that kind of thing so they hatch this giant plan with shenanigans and traps and clever you know do do doodads in the in in her high school as the damage control tries to attack them and capture them um but then the son realizes that his mother's dead and he kind of hulks out and goes crazy so there's a giant superpower battle between her and the son whose name is someone Comron, yeah, yeah, Comron, yeah, and she, you know, they fight and people are gonna die, but she saves them. And what's he gonna do? He can't. Don't give in to your hate or anger, kind of stuff. And she kind of talks him down, and he's able to escape. And he goes back to Pakistan to work with this secret underground team called the Red Daggers, I think, who she had befriended in Pakistan as well. Um. And then her family finds out that she is the one with powers, that she has these crazy powers based on the bangle. And her family learns to accept her. And she, you know, recognizes the love they have for her. And her best friend Bruno goes to Cal's Berkeley or somewhere on the West Coast. Um, And... You know, things are generally resolved and she's determined to kind of be a cool kind of community helper for her community with her new powers. Um, the end. Oh, wait. Before Bruno leaves for college, he says, hey, I've been running some experiments on your blood or something on, on you. <laughs> I've been running experiments on you somehow and you're not just a normal clandestine. You're not just a normal gin. There's something different about you. It's, there's like some sort of uh, mutation. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. 
that actually happens. That is not us joking around. That happens. Yeah, that um, literally happens. <laughs> and then uh, post credits or mid credits, uh, Kamala's in her room doing something. She's just hanging out in her room, and then she touches her bangle and or something, and it it something wacky happens, and she warps. And is replaced with Carol Danvers. And Captain Marvel shows up in her room. And she's like, what's going on? And that's the end. I don't... And... That we, yeah, that's it. Carol Danvers is there instead of Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And uh, that's the show. Yeah. That's the end. That's Ms. <laughs> Marvel. The end Ms. of Marvel. dog racing. Yes, that's yeah, Ms. Marvel. Um, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. I feel I hit most of it. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Ms. Marvel, what do we think of Ms. Marvel, the show? Uh, Yeah, I mean, overall, I liked it. Um, I think that, I think maybe what I liked most about it was, um, yeah, the, the, the Kamala. I thought she was real good. She's a real good actress. She's, she has a lot of good presence on screen, um. And I like that her character was more of an extrovert as opposed to a lot of these, you know, these kind of origin stories, like the reluctant hero and they're an introvert, like basically Peter Parker, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. So I kind of like that they try, there is, her character was a bit different and she was more, um, yeah, like more social and more out there. And I mean, she was still kind of awkward and trying to fit in as, yeah. as we all are in our 16 years yeah when we're 16 um so yeah I, I thought that was real cool um the some of the adventure stuff which like you're talking about she goes to pakistan and goes through that crazy adventure didn't exactly work for me it felt more maybe like um captain america than than i felt like the what they had established in that maybe the previous three or yeah, three episodes or whatever. If it's it's yeah. a little more grounded, so it got a little bit wacky. Yeah. Where she's off in this crazy adventure with all these assassins and stuff. It it didn't quite click for me on that regard. But I think all the family stuff really tethered it all together. That it was the story itself was was yeah. bound by her family, and I really liked that. Um, I also just I just loved seeing all this different cultural stuff. Like it, like how many like how many things have to take place in new york right like yeah oh god with that here about another daredevil fighting crime in in, in new york yeah. slums and whatnot so yeah we got to see a lot of different cool different locations a lot of different um like cultural aspects which i just absolutely loved it um and also there was like rare i would need more of it but there's like cool scenes of them eating like pakistani food <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh man that looks so good i don't even know what that is i just want to that looks just so delicious um uh i mean that's a small point but just yeah. in the broader the broader scheme of just like this a completely different uh, framework of that they did a good job of kind of architecting the story around mm-hmm. uh, this cultural framework and and it was tied in both with the the mechanical goings on of her powers um, with the, the threat that was going on, the resolution, mm-hmm. um, every, everything, right. It was, it was yeah. all really well tethered together. Um, I think there's, there's some things that didn't work super well for me. Just um, this story wise, uh, I mentioned some of those and we'll get into a little more in detail. Um, but overall I did really like it. And, 
important. I'm, I think more than anything, I'm, how is this tying into the bigger like Captain Marvel thing? Like it, yeah, it just I'd... it seems so bizarre. Like how <laughs> yeah, is this like, even connected is... at all? Like yeah, exactly. So I, and I, yeah, I, apparently yeah. there. I mean, did we was that in the lineup? Is the, is the the Marvels? The Marvels, is yeah. It, was it, did we mention that in the lineup that they announced? When is that coming out? Um, I don't think that was. That's one of the things that I don't think was in their lineup, but we know is coming out at some point. No, no, it, it is. It's uh, July it? next year. Oh, I'm, it's not in the list I'm looking at. That's weird. But anyways, yeah, okay. So, uh, okay, and then it's a movie, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Got it. Um. Yeah. yeah what do you think? Uh. Yeah. I mean, I for the most part, kind of echo a lot of what you're saying. I, I definitely liked the first two episodes a lot um, because of what you're saying, the kind of grounded, awkward yeah. teen stuff which, without being too samey to, I mean, to you mentioned Spider-Man, which I agree, they, they set themselves apart from Spider-Man, but they also very much borrowed a lot from Spider-Man in all the best ways, like especially yeah. the Watts films, which I love those films. I think we generally all do. And I think they took a lot of the great aspects of the vibe, the the feeling, the kind of John Hughes style a little bit even. Um, I even like some of the more kind of uh, uh, formalistic, you know, text on screen and the weird comic-y kind of title sequences and stuff like that. Yeah. That yeah. was much more heavily featured in the first part of the season. I loved all that stuff. All the family stuff, I also really enjoyed. Um, we'll get into some things that <laughs> I don't know if I dislike as a bad thing of the show, but I just dislike. But it might be to the show's credit, which we could get into. Um, but generally speaking, all the family stuff, the the history stuff, I mean, I don't even know if history is the right word. But the cultural stuff, It. I, I don't know how much it comes across as just like, I don't know, uh, uh, condescending white guy ignorant white person like i never knew that how interesting and cool i learned something like i don't know is that i hope that doesn't come across as demeaning or something like that but it was i, I there's a great appeal in that like i and and i i don't know if i wish more shows would do that like that's a silly thing to say like i want more shows to be about you know partition uh like no not that i just mean that it's a it's a huge event in world history yeah that we are so myopic in what we see in our media to be exposed to it in this and to be integrated into a giant comic booky thing is is so awesome and just like unique and cool and I wish you know I want more of that kind of stuff. It, it makes me just excited and interested and you know uh, invested in everything that's going on. Um, and and makes me you know feel like yes, the Marvel universe. We go to all these planets. We go to the Shadow Realms. And we go to whatever, the Guardian planet stuff. But we haven't seen the... You know, there's a whole other culture just a couple thousand miles on our own planet. Like, you know, yeah. there's so much to explore here. And there's so many people on our own planet that we have not even fully explored. That the cosmic dealings of the Marvel Universe seems to often... Not intentionally or in any malicious way, but seems to ignore. And so to get that kind of perspective and these differences is, I don't know, I just think it's great. It's great. Um, and whatever, maybe I'm virtual sign virtue signaling here, but I don't care. It's still cool. It's awesome. I love that Check part about the show. Check your privilege, Sean. I guess Jeez. so. Um, well, to counter all that 
you know, me pompously saying what is cool about the diversity and multiculturalism is the stuff that didn't work for me. I didn't like the uh, uh, the clandestine stuff that that group that force really didn't really work for me. And we could get into more details yeah. about that. I think that really. Uh, it was kind of a bummer the moments that it wasn't even like one or two, you know, it wasn't like a lot of times I think even moon Knight was like, Oh, this episode was my least favorite. It's hard to say there was an episode in this series that I thought was like bad or my least favorite, but parts of episodes that specifically dealt with the clandestines yeah. really to me kind of pulled it down and other elements too, like the red dagger kind of, Club yeah, that's what, that's what I was saying about just kind of the yeah. more assassiny world. Kind of, yeah, just, it felt like it was a mismatch really didn't work. for this story. Uh, yes. But I think, yeah, we can talk about that more later. Yeah, we'll talk about it. So there's definitely elements that, you know, weren't my favorite that I do think kind of overall brought my opinion down to the show. Um, I still really, really liked it, though. And I just, yeah, you you, you said to, uh, what's her name? Kamala Khan, who is uh, Iman Vellani is awesome she it was so you know just charming and awkward and even the parts that were cringy were intentionally cringy like not like yeah cringy and like oh god they don't know what they're doing this is awful like oh that teenager do i don't uh, do it you know like that kind of good cringy um yeah and she plays it really well she had a lot of fun with it and she plays the emotional serious parts really well too in a believable way that a teenager i you know like yeah that's how a teenager would would kind of play these things i think so um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fan i liked it yeah um a co- comment on the kind of you're kind of saying like more stories um kind of about this either this you know not necessarily this specific part of the world or this specific yeah. culture but you know i mean just this look at uh you know x-men what was it was it the first yeah. or x-men where it shows it's, it's in the, it's the holocaust and magneto right it shows him reaching yeah. for the fence right that that that's a unique um it's a personal journey for him but it's a it's a cultural happening or it's yeah. historical happening. you said use the word historical and and yeah. weaving that into these characters i mean isn't that one reason why comics have been successful like looking at stan lee's storytelling and and telling these stories of people that the readers can relate to like oh man my grandfather was at you know he went through this personal experience it's great because it's all tied to family and your personal journey we all got here somehow and and you know it was because you know your grandfather was in world war ii or it was because you know your family had to go through the partition right and that's one that was one of the lines in in the story. Her father is saying, you know, every every family has a partition story, right? And it mm-hmm. it yeah. informs that who they are as a person, just as it yes. did for Magneto in his in his journey. And then you just kind of layer on top of that. Well, what if it was, you know, what if that like drove you to become something else, and and, and you became or you had superpowers, or, right? That's in, it, but it's all still yeah. grounded in something that we can all connect to as humans, exactly. Yeah. And that's why these stories matter. Um, so, yeah, no, I, 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 I think that when we get more of these different kinds of stories, it really shines a light on what the what the power of what storytelling can can do and, and, and what it can bring to the MCU, even if you're just looking at it as like a, a purely, um, you know, in, enclosed enclave of, of Disney money making. Well, yeah, well, whatever it, 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 you tell a good story and you'll make money. So so there you go. 
give me good stories. And this is one of them. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think also to like this, the specific historic events, you know, we, especially in Western in the States and stuff, so much of our comic book history is so specifically tied up into things like world war two and the cold war. Right. Like I feel like yeah. so much of our heroes are tied to, you know, that history and, that, and that's great. That's not to diminish that or say that obviously isn't an important historical event that doesn't you know, have millions of stories that revolve around it or originate from that. But it is a very you know, specific point of view. And they're like, the, like the partition is, you know, how many people in India, billion people at that time, a couple hundred million people, whatever. Like that, that's obviously a significant thing. But yeah. not having any of that really sink in. And not that we should expect history lessons from marvel shows or marvel movies like i I feel like that you know i don't want to like say like we need to learn things about (laughs) stuff too but yeah tying into historical events that kind of motivate these stories um i mean think of all the things we're kind of getting that a little bit with um shang chi like not that there's a historical event but again just that you're broadening the perspective of what these historical and cultural you know um influences are um, but like it, it just makes me like hope and wonder and wish that like oh think of all the things stories that can be told and hopefully will be told soon that will open our kind of you know perspectives a little bit like oh what happened you know what what stories in whatever in Norway did they motivate some crazy happening or in you know Brazil what's the history of Brazil and there's hundreds of millions of people that live down there that you know they, there's significant stories and cultures to be told for all these things it, it doesn't have to be just oh yeah the World War II super serum and kind of everything revolved around that <laughs> right 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 yeah there's yeah. a wealth of stories to pull from and I think we're just, we're just we're getting yeah. just the tip of the iceberg um uh, so to speak. Um, yeah. Uh, well, so let's talk about some, maybe just some of the, maybe the more negative things we've been sure. keeping praise on yeah. it. So let's bring it down a notch. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think my biggest probably complaint is you already brought it up is the clandestines, yeah. the conflict between them felt very forced it just, yeah it, didn't, it, it just like what was the conflict it, basically, it, it was they, yes it was, yeah, well, it was to the point where like up until that because i think it was episode three when kind of all that went down yeah i was like generally on board with almost everything that was happening in the show i was like i didn't really have any major criticisms and then episode three like halfway through episode three when the clandestines just like we have to attack her and attack yeah. her. Like, I was like, what, but like, what's why? happening? What, why is, why is this happening now? What's going on? Why are you just like, you were just in a scene talking about explaining your history and how you are, you know, trying to get home and empathetic yeah. and sympathetic and, and just like on a dime, it's like, well, we need a fight scene and we need a big bad. So these guys are it. And this yep. is going to happen. And yeah, it felt and, really and bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with them being, the villainous part sure, in the yeah. story. I mean, that's because yeah. sure she has to beat someone. That's fine. Yeah. Um. But it is there are reasons for doing so. Like you said, there's like okay, yeah. we're buddies, and then they're they. She basically tells the the guy her age, uh, Cameron. Yeah. Base. He says, you know, I heard this could be dangerous. 
And he yes. was even like, yeah, it could be dangerous. You're right. We should maybe think about this. And then, and then the exactly. clandestine's like, what? She wants to think about this? Yeah, and we don't have time. We have to attack now. There's no time to talk or think about Like, whoa, what, what? Uh, that uh, escalated okay. quickly. Yeah, yeah it, it, exactly. just, it just didn't seem it, natural it felt... or... I mean, I don't know. It, it just—it could have been handled more gracefully. So it, just, it, yeah. it reminded me that and the Red Dagger stuff too. But it reminded yeah. me of the worst parts of like the um, the Netflix uh, uh, Iron Fist series specifically, but some of the other of those Netflix series where. Like, you watch Iron Fist or, like, The Defenders, and there's just so many things like, why is this happening? This is so stupid. Yeah. And so it, it just reminded me of, or even, like, a, I don't know, some other lesser IP. I don't know what I mean by lesser. But some other thing that gets turned into a movie that just is just, like, well, that was kind of not great. Like, not that it was yeah. awful, but it was just like, oh, okay. Thanks, yeah, it, you know. it was, What you know, all when you have, all like, you've, like you said, the first two episodes are really good building up these characters and yeah. you kind of love them, hate them in different ways and you, with yeah. them, which is what you want, right? You engender yourself exactly. in these characters. And then you kind of like the story itself kind of that's driving it all it does, isn't quite working. And yeah. it's, it's like, maybe that's okay because like, I'm just going to ignore that and focus on oh, the mother-daughter <laughs> yeah. drama is so good. Like, I mean, it's it's funny. Six is not, six episodes is not a lot of, not a lot of episodes, especially because they were mainly like 40 to 50 episodes, minutes. I feel maybe even yeah. less than that, some of them, but I feel like they could have got, they, I w- you know, it should have been four episodes or something like that. And, and just cut the, cut the clandestines out entirely. Like, I know you need an anti- antagonistic right. force that allows the superpowers to kind of shine. So it, it, you know, it doesn't work so cleanly, but for the story anyway, I think cut them out entirely beyond just the cheesiness and their motivations that just kind of change on a dime and don't really make sense a lot to my mind. It also, um, it also doesn't need to be a world ending scenario. I, I feel like that yeah. the stakes were not at all motive, like justified for like this, the, the, they're going to destroy the world in this of all things. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it works but it's just like really like does this need to be a world ending scenario for what this show is and and that felt off to me yeah yeah for sure i mean it uh i mean that's kind of a problem with a lot of these mcu movies it could be is like everything has to be world ending um but i think the one they not all the time and the one not all the time like like Daredevil was not a world, and I love you know. I, I'm yes, not saying it, that that it, it, corresponds. If you're with a street, good, yeah. especially if you're like a street level superhero, yes. as they, they say it's like yeah, no, it, it matters to you and your community, and maybe that matters. Yeah, I mean, I was that, gonna say that's more enough. than a world yeah. ending scenario. I mean, exactly. that sounds contradictory, but or stupid anyway. But no, if if this if this story that we're telling is a very personal story, it's a, it's an origin yeah. story, so it should feel like that, and. Yeah, maybe the conflict is something smaller or I mean, I personally would love a story like this that doesn't like there what if there was no main antagonist and it's just like yeah. even if you have super and that's the th- right that's like I love that idea where if you even if you had superpowers look you you still are going to have the same problems you have right now. Yeah. Like if yeah. I had if I suddenly could shoot lasers out of my eyes well, I still have to come I still have to go to work every day. Like I don't yeah, that's I still not going to help pay me. Rent like, what, what's going on like, here? Like, exactly. Um, I mean, obviously, the, that's way outside the scope of yeah, what the story and, and trying I, to be told here. Yeah, I mean, I think the damage control f- uh, could show could be an opportunity to have some, you know, a lot of those kind of 
power moments where you have the action. But I, I also get like, okay, you still want a bad guy that kind of has powers themselves. Yeah. I suppose. I don't know. But so so I kind of understand it. I just, if, if they had to do it, I just felt it was very, you know, that specific element of the show to, in, was poorly yeah, it, done. Yeah, it didn't me. work for me. It, it, yeah. it was, yeah. I, Especially because like all the stuff that does tie in, even with the historical events and her family, they tried to kind of tie that in with the clandestines, yeah. but I even think that was like unnecessary. Like, like you, there's something about her family history, and that's fine, and that she's special, and her family history is special. But in terms of the and the opposing force, the you know the bad guy clandestines, even that was like very unnecessary in the past. Like, it had really no significance that they've been around for a hundred years and don't age and it didn't even make yeah it didn't sense. really like, tie in it, yeah i mean i will give i'll say at this point i feel like it was more how it was done than you know what yeah that's, they, that's if, a good point it, like good we point. like we said we kind of agree they need to have some kind of powered antagonist yeah that that has like a, a a bigger agenda kind of a thing um even though their agenda was not nefarious it was just it was and that's the other thing too suppose, so. yeah and i think also sometimes you know it's a fine line we've talked about this a lot of just like you know what level is like i don't care that it's a it's a comic book thing i don't, i'm not going to start picking apart the laws of multi-dimensional realms yeah. but how it was delivered here was just like it wasn't that i wanted it to make sense from a scientific point of view no. i just like wanted it to i wanted to be either more invested or to be slightly better explained but it's just like they threw this at us oh we're in a whole other dimension and this other dimension is going to take over your dimension and it's like oh oh okay we literally have had whole movies just barely exploring the concept of other dimensions and now you're telling us that there's another dimension that has existed this whole time that is on the brink of overthrowing our own dimension and completely erasing it and we're just like okay that that's what's happening like yeah okay I don't know. I mean, there all a lot of these concepts are hard to swallow. So it's it's yeah. again. I go back to. I think it's just how they did it. Like yeah, or maybe pull in some other element. Like if if we are MCU is very interested in exploring the multiverse, just yeah. pull in some exactly other make it part of that or something. Like yeah, to, but it it was it felt like different enough that it wasn't that. So then it just made it more confusing. Like yeah, use what we know, and you can still have the exact same stakes in some way you know what i mean like but it just i don't know and also just like are they they're all clandestines but does that is that what give them the powers like why do they have powers yeah i i don't know it, it they're just i mean they're just a race of people with powers i i suppose it, it's not clear but, yeah but then why does she need the bangle or does she like does she need the bangle she does right <laughs> It I, it like focuses her power. I don't know. It, it yeah. It's like it's kind of like one of those things. Just give me and maybe I just missed it. Maybe just give me a throwaway line that says. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, they did say something like that where it unlocked her powers. Like the power is actually, the power itself time. is within her. It's just the okay. bangle was needed to unlock it. So huh. they, they do give us some thing like that. It's not entirely clear. Yeah, I'm sure I probably missed it too. Then I'm trying to. I I, yeah. I watched actually most of it pretty recently, so most of it's pretty fresh in my yeah, mind. Yeah, but... they do. They do give us a line like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how that weaves in with her potential mutation is yeah. not explained <laughs> at all. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll. I guess we'll get to that. But yeah, we'll get, yeah, um, yeah. a couple of little things I want to mention just on the more negative side, so we can move on. Is I I thought the special effects were subpar, uh, yeah. especially for these Disney shows. Like I, they've been pretty good um you know yeah. 
from what I could say, but just it, and it was more just the like the choices that they made. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, I think in the second episode she's going through the training montage, which is which is great, right? Yeah. We everyone loves the training montage. Um, but they decided to give her like this sequence where she's learning to sky hop. Yeah. Uh, or, or air step, I guess is maybe a better better word, where she can basically kind of walk on the air by creating platforms below her. Yeah. Um, which is cool. That's awesome. Um, but it, it they just they fully CGI animate her body as oh, it's yeah, doing yeah, this, yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's this uncanny valley. Just the movements. Cause yeah. Look, our brains are are been, we've been yeah. watching humans our whole lives. We know how humans move. If it's not perfect, it is imperfect it is bad so um i just i don't like that and just some of the other things where like her hand would grow real big i don't know how you make that look good i think yeah i mean i think they tried to choose like a very certain aesthetic quality to it so that it would hide a little bit of the like kind of more obvious cg-ness of it and i think it was partially successful but but it also was like I don't know if I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if I like the aesthetic they chose. For yeah, I think things. that's probably better. Cause I, it, yeah. it, every time she would shoot these crystal things, I was, I yeah. wasn't even sure what I was looking at. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of just got used to it eventually and I was like, Oh, it's, it's just shiny and pretty and a CGI. Sure. Goop. So yeah. whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. but it seemed to have, well, yeah, whatever. Anyway, it, so it was, it's a small complaint to be honest. It's like these, the visual aesthetic kind of things are, are pretty low in the complaint category, but I just yeah. Had to I, I, I even think that like it's that not all the visuals because, like I said, I enjoyed. It's not the same type of visual effects, but like I was saying earlier, I liked all the kind of um, far, fourth wall breaking kind of like elements early on with the title yeah. sequences and like again, it's not like oh look at the text on screen, it's so good looking. <laughs> it's just the idea of like I like those visual effects. It's just the kind of more actiony even. And this is maybe kind of delving into a little nitpicky stuff. There was some of the fight choreography, especially near the end. I think some of the later fight scenes that I also just felt was really sloppy. Um, Not that I'm looking for a Matrix style martial arts, you know, master class here or something like that. But I I just felt like it, eh, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite part as well. Um, Yeah. And also there's something in, in the last episode near the very end, kind of when she's like, I'm, you know, gonna protect the neighborhood and she's kind of stepping across the you know uh yeah. the streets very reminiscent of like a spider-man that also reminded me of the C- her her jumping from there was very cgi i can notice there but also yeah. i was thinking like wait why is she even yes yeah, like she's I had just running s- it's not like that she's getting anywhere faster like spider-man yeah. does it because it he's gets swinging, him there faster man. he's swinging he's right. way faster and he could, you know, but she's just still running. She's, yeah, that that really, it they really pointed out kind of how they drew attention to how dumb it kind of is. Yeah, and and I guess she's, she's not any yeah. faster than a normal person. No. And, and the one advantage is she wouldn't have to wait at crosswalks. Which, I guess. But then, it, but then, what's funny is she still stops at the stoplight. Yes, I know. That's I, yeah, exactly. Like, I, that kind of I know it was a joke. They played, it as, but I didn't get it. Like I didn't get the yeah. joke. What's the joke? Like, what why is, is she stopping? There? What is going on here? She's not a car. She wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, to stop. Boy. She would just cross at the stop the crosswalk. I I, I don't know. I, Really minor. Maybe it was tying into like she's learning how to drive because that's how it opened, and she's like, uh, "I guess I've learned how to drive. I'm stopping at the stoplight. Like a payoff for that? I don't know. I, know, the, the, I don't know. The, she didn't dress past the driving test because she doesn't. Know how <laughs> she to didn't stop at a stoplight. 
reverse yeah. or whatever it was. But anyway, it was it was kind of dumb. It, it yeah, just kind of pointed out how yeah. like Batman. Wait, Batman couldn't get around the city this fast. Batman's a lie. <laughs> no, I guess Batman has a car and a Batman has a car and, and he uses his zip lines and glides around. So like the, yeah. is, as silly as that is, at least it's like the suspension of disbelief of like, okay, that's yeah. why Batman would do that. He's on the rooftop. But if she's just like ten feet up or twenty feet up, like what why is why is she doing <laughs> Yeah, it, it why, just didn't make any like, sense to me. You like, get way high up, so like you're apparently approaching it so you could see everything below you. Or just walk on the ground? I don't know. Like, yeah, it, I, I think it was just and then you know, whatever. It's real a, it's tired. A, I would just yeah. feel like, man, I would get so tired running around the city, just constantly running L- around. The like city, we're obviously like, overanalyzing. It's just supposed to showcase, like, oh, it's a, it's a, it. I don't know the, the type of scene, like a denouement scene of her just like embracing her powers and kind yeah. of enjoying them. That's really all it's supposed to be showing. So we're not supposed to really think about it too much. But I, yeah. I think if I were to like actually try to pinpoint more of the criticism i think it's what we we're talking about earlier is that i almost didn't need her powers to be in my face all the time right just that i had she has powers we get it but the stuff that worked for me and about the show was not the power stuff it was all of her just being herself and right. her relationships and then the power stuff you know added a layer on top of all that stuff so i don't need the end of the show to showcase the powers because that was never really the appeal to me. Yeah, so. no, that's like that's actually a good point. That that's and it almost kind of shows the strength of her character and her family bonds by yeah. allowing the powers to take the back seat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, they, the the family stuff still still did shine. I just think yeah, I agree. To your point, they they probably didn't need to make the attempt to sure. sh- showcase the powers yeah. so heavily, but. Um, on to her family stuff. I love the brother character. I thought he was, yeah, just he was hilarious. Yeah, was um, really just super fun. Um, but uh, I actually did, I did end up liking the dad and the mother character. I think the mother character certainly falled into the tropes of... Yeah, I remember after the first episode thinking like, I hate this person yeah. <laughs> so much. <laughs> but I think that's intent. Like... I don't know if you're supposed to hate the person, but it's clearly intended, uh, like, just like, ah, oh, she's the worst, right? And, right. but by the end, I liked her a lot. I, I really did grow to yeah. like that character. And so I think it worked, but man, it very much was like, I hate mom, mom characters in TV. I know. It, 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 it did, yeah, like I said, it was such such a trope of to do that with your characters. Like, yeah, yeah. God, we all hate this character. And like, yeah. but I, I think maybe the reason partly the reason that she kind of won me over is i, I think that actually the actress did such yeah. a good job with that character mm-hmm. and 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 making her seem a little more reasonable and just kind of playing her more yeah. real than just this the steadfast yeah you know, stereotype i think um so i think you know kudos to the actress and um and, and the dad for that matter it's it's just, it yeah, was more I, of a mother-daughter, I think, story. Yeah, the mother-daughter stuff was the more of the strong. I generally like the dad throughout. I think also the the kind of scene where, like, she doesn't want to wear the, the whole costume and just kind of the hurt he feels. Like, he, he also yeah, is a, he kind that. of a trope to an extent. Um, he reminds me of almost, I'm trying to think of another, but I don't know why this is coming from, but uh, Lady Bird, if you ever saw that movie Lady Bird, the Sarsha yeah. Ronan, like the yeah. dad character in that, where it's all about the mom-daughter relationship, and the dad yes. is kind of there. Like, he's still an important character, but anyways, it, he kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. I didn't, I, I didn't think about that, but that's, that's yeah. Because, again, um, yeah. Lady Bird was certainly a mother-daughter. Yeah, tension. absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and him he, kind of just trying to be the peacemaker a little bit mm-hmm. while still kind of having his own values. And, and, and in fact, the show ends with a scene between them and not a scene between her and her mom. Or, you know what I mean? True. Like, there's that's a the, the last kind of very poignant relationship kind of moment was between the two of them on the roof or whatever. Um, so there's obviously significance to that relationship. Um, oh, absolutely. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, I mean, you that that's, I think, one of the standout scenes is the dad's all whole. Uh, dressed out as whole. Yes, yes. Um, and man, you, I felt so bad for it. I know, I exactly. So like, bad. Oh, no. oh man, it was sad, Hulk. Um, <laughs> I and I, yeah, I don't like him when he's sad. Yeah. Uh, um, also, he. So I, I'm not going to claim to have picked up this reference. I only know about it because friends mentioned it. But in I think episode two or three, I think two, uh, the dad goes to the little bodega where Bruno works and he buys fruit pies. Which is yeah. an awesome, hilarious product placement from old Marvel comics, which always had the fruit, the, the hostess snacks, fruit pie specifically adds. So. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't pick that up myself. I happened to read it in some yeah. some some article or whatever. But yeah, that was that was a good. I, I like the nods. They the you know people behind yeah. the the scenes know what they're doing. Um, it, so it, yeah, one last note just. Not really about the mother exactly, but just uh, her character, uh, say Kamala, her relationship with her family is so many times in these superhero stories, especially in the origin, is them keeping it a secret that of their identity. And that's kind of part of the story, right? It's just part of the DNA of the story and of just Mm -hmm. being a superhero, right? Secret identity. And I think with specifically with teenagers, there's an added layer to that with as a teenager, you're going through changes and you don't know. Discovering who you are. Discovering. And it's like, oh, you know, is it something I should be ashamed of? Can I tell people? So obviously it taps into all that stuff. Right. And so it's like you can't remove it. It really it, yeah. it just how it but i it just like there's it just still gets me when it you it's been a couple episodes or there's been a couple opportunities where the character yes. holds back from telling yeah. them and it reaches a certain point where no just like break the convention yeah and exactly. and choose love and choose trust and yeah. as we see her fan like it, i love that the family wasn't um yeah they accepted her and I, I love that they did that. That the, the mother was there was not even a scene of of anger or or anguish or anything. And it almost yeah. and I love that they did that because then it made Kamala feel have a moment of, oh gosh, I, I could have trusted them. I, I I could I didn't have to torture myself and my yes. family by keeping this a secret. Yeah. Um, and I had to lie to them because I you know I had to come up with these other excuses as to why things were happening and, and, and whatever. Um, but she could have trusted them, and I think that's. That was a big moment for her character, and I hope the more we see of her character that that she's... Yeah, you know. and I think also, um, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm glad that she, they eventually, that by the end of the series, you, they do know it's not a secret anymore. But there's a moment to, uh, I think it's the last episode, when her other friend, I don't remember her name, but... you. Know, the friend yeah and, yeah or basically she's like what you know you you kept this a secret i thought you know you, you, didn't, you didn't tell me this and she's like well you said you hated superheroes and yeah. she's like yeah but you are different like and i almost i really like that moment i thought that was a really great like uh, uh portrayal of i'm sure a very similar conversation that many people have had with friends and or family about other things that are actually in real world not being superhero but i wanted that moment almost in her family too 
to for her to kind of have that moment not to kind of like rub it in their faces but just this acknowledgement that like yeah the family says these things and they don't really think about what they're saying like right. oh these superheroes they're no good they you know when i like yeah um again superheroes is a very obviously you know a, a metaphor for any number of things right and and i think it's important for if they kind of maybe recognize that a little bit more in the familial setting where you know as a family you know it's important what you say to each other and and how you perceive each other and also this idea that like and you know i'm kind of projecting and reaching here i don't know if the show necessarily wanted to say this specifically but you know oh it's okay because you're one of you're a part of our family so you're okay right and i think there's right. an idea there that's really in some ways topical but like oh you know all these group of people insert group of people minority or whatever group they're oh they're misguided or they don't know what they're talking about or whatever oh but oh you're our daughter of course we love you yeah you you're fine and i think there's you know there's something there there's something that's really interesting there's like why is it okay because i'm your daughter should just be okay everyone should be okay with this and obviously they're not trying to do that so specifically in this but i i just like that it just touched on it a little bit with her friend in that moment and i would have liked to see it a little bit more is all yeah no, i mean that's a good because that was a um, a powerful moment that yeah. you know between best friends and that kind of thing and yeah they, they could have um capitalized maybe on that a little yeah. bit more perhaps um again i'm not necessarily criticizing the show for it. it's just like my own projections of like, yeah, oh, no, that, yeah. that would have been cool i, I get you, um, you. kind of just to kind of Last a few minor little also negatives thing. We mentioned the red daggers multiple times. There's not too much more to say with it, but again, I just that that trainer, whoever that guy was, and then he dies immediately, and I'm like, yeah. am I supposed to be invested in who this guy yeah. was and care that he died? And he's just like blindly telling them this whole history and the secret organization that's been around for like what is yeah what i don't know it, it felt very rushed or just yeah. out of place because like she just winds up in this like secret assassin yes. i mean they're not assassins but they just whatever they are whatever and then they they're, are. like they go through this whole like like secret entrance to get into their secret lair and then the clandestines just attack them it's like wait you made a whole point to show how secret it is to get into this yeah. lair and now they're just here like it's not that big a deal. These things, it's an action kind of show. So whatever, you kind of forget about that stuff. But I don't know. I feel like as a little clunky, they could have maybe did a yeah, little bit more I, elegant I, way yeah. of yeah. some of these moments. Um, and then the end with the, with uh, Car, Car, I was, what's his name? Carman, not Carman. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Kanman. Kamran? Oh yeah. Kamran. Kamran. Uh, I didn't really like that that climax yeah. of him just kind of like i'm angry and gonna kill everyone now and i don't yeah. i don't know i didn't, it didn't really buy it didn't really... i i yeah it was a disappointing finale uh um, yeah to be honest i i did not love it i wasn't really into the whole high school shenanigan stuff either i was like oh you oh you didn't i i thought that was okay for me i, I don't I, know for yeah. whatever reason it maybe was a little too far down the weird quirky teen stuff I, it wasn't awful i'm not it wasn't my least favorite part i, I had much more issue with the big punchy battle with powers right. at like, the end because i'm thinking if if because there's like this moment there's a clunk a chunk in the middle of this series that where they go to pakistan and they have this wacky adventure with all these yeah. these I keep using the word assassin, but they're, they're like, what are, what's, I'm I don't trying know. to say they're guardians or something. Guardian, know, but 
you can just imagine yes. like they're in clo- very cloak yes. and daggery kind of stuff yeah, yeah. going on right and if you you know you take the beginning of the series it is a little goofy and you get the text popping up on the screen yeah. and, and her powers are a little splashy yeah. and and kind of wild um and so i think that connective tissue tethering to the end of yeah, like the high school sh- yeah. sh- shenanigans would have you know that through line yeah. totally works for me. And yeah, so I think yeah. there's this chunk in the middle where it takes itself too seriously, and, it, and again, yes. it feels more like Captain America, yeah. as to say the um, Winter, the Captain America Winter yes. Soldier show, uh-huh. where it's like yeah. it's gritty and it's real and yeah. it's yeah. So I, I just I think maybe it's. The same. I mean, I love the Karachi Karachi stuff and the and even the flashback episode, which I didn't think I was going to like. I actually did think no, I, I, did you know, like I liked it. Um, but I, it, so I, I don't want them to lose any of that. I still want her to go to Karachi and have that whole thing. Yeah. But I just think take out the whole clandestine Red Dagger stuff, get it down to four episodes. She comes back and there's the climax with the damage control and her friend. And, you know, that that I think is where the drama was anyway and what the show yeah. was ultimately kind of yeah. more, it, it, was it, more It is tough. It's tough because I could see, yeah. like, if that's the first version of the script – yeah you know marvel comes back or disney or whatever it comes back and says ah, the stakes are too low we need yeah. we need we need bigger Something stakes bigger. and then they have yeah. to add in all this extra stuff anyway I, yeah i, I, I definitely like agree with you added. but i i understand why they needed to do what they did i think is maybe the way to say it yeah yeah no i i um, i guess i you know can't criticize it too much because it does feel like it was almost like it was expected and they just kind of had to fill that out yeah, and I think that's what I was I was kind of getting at a little bit yeah. earlier, just like yeah, defy convention, like um, yeah, exactly. don't just yeah. go down this path and yeah, and uh, do you know do something a little different. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I mean it's it's all right. I mean it's turned out pretty good. Uh, the only last, I guess maybe this last couple little notes I got here is the 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 Bruno character and the Comron character, and there's a little some tension between them, and I I yeah. think I appreciated that just because. Yeah, it's, by the it's, end, it's I actually high was happy where it kind of landed, where there's a somewhat love triangle. You don't yeah. quite, you know, and they're kids and the teens, and so you're not sure, like, what the emotions even are. Is right. it jealousy or, you know what, like, everyone's emotions. It's kind of almost reminds me of, like, um, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, that movie, where it's just, like, all these kids just like, yeah, oh, yeah I'm jealous and angry with you. And why? I don't even know what's going on. And like, you know, I just yeah. like hormones, angst, hormones yeah. and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's all, that's all fine. Um, I, there's this, the Bruno character. I don't know if you thought about that. He just kept reminding me of Jeffrey Combs, who I love. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. No, and not at all until you said that, but I can see it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it just, this it just made this kid look like he was forty. I just I, I was like, why is this kid forty years old? Um, I I don't know. I never really got on board with the whole Bruno character, to be honest. Um, I mean, he was a sympathetic character, but he was maybe a little too. I don't even want to use the uh, word pathetic, but uh, just yeah. just I don't know. I just I, li- I liked him. I, I get what yeah. you're coming from. I think I like by the end that he does go to yes. what like you know if he had stayed he, behind and uh, had a moment where like I love you, Kamala. I would have like not that I don't think that he can have a you know what i mean no, I, just, like, I think i, I think don't, he needs I, to kind of become more of his own person exactly i'm or glad he, that, i don't know whatever yes. it, he needs to go through some kind of growth experience and yeah. i would love to see him come back or, or remain in the show or if they're doing yeah i agree i, I mean you. i like him enough that i want to see him again but i do think i'm glad that it ends yeah. with him going off and right because you know, that was i think a own. really big character moment for him and i yes. and i love that and i actually like yeah. him 
uh, quite a bit more after. Yeah. Uh, and part of me too is just like you know, it's a show about teens. So because every guy, every kind of person she encounters, not every person, but is going to be a teen. So that red dagger just happens to be a teen, <laughs> yeah. you know, hot guy. It's like, ooh, there's some tension there, and they go to they go to a beach and play guitar. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah. Um, uh, again, it's just like I guess that's what teens do. I guess, um, but it's just like oh. Yeah, any opportunity to like, oh yeah, do they have a thing? Do they have a thing? And it's yeah. like, yeah, I guess that's how the you know teen shows work. So I'm not going to be too upset about it. I mean, I'm not upset about it, but you know, not yeah. too whatever. Yeah, critical not, of it. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Um, yeah, so it 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 definitely had, and, and if you kind of just think about Disney and they're like kind of maybe like a, a a big master plan to kind of assemble these different parts and pieces it's like yeah. yeah that's great job you gotta have if you're gonna do this mcu thing you gotta have something for the teens right like just yeah I mean, oh, everything's totally. for the teens but something that tells their story right and oh, it yeah. has that the the hormonal angsty yeah. teenage stuff like per- good job guys like you're you're hitting all the things you're making so oh, much yeah, money. totally just- i mean and i know it works because there's po- parts of it it's like uh tiktok as a dumb old person yeah. where i'm like oh, i hate this but i was like well okay that i'm supposed yeah, to I, exactly <laughs> no it is it's terrible and it's stupid and tiktok's evil and anyone who uses it is also evil but good job disney you're i know you, you know how to make money and i can't fault you for it yeah um i don't have too many other notes there's one or two little topics though that i wanted to bring up um one is well, just some of the post-credit stuff or the end stuff. Yeah, let's get into that. So, uh, mutants? Is this like the official introduction of mutants, or like? Well, so yes, okay. They've been screwing with us for a while now. Yeah. So they've teased us with WandaVision. Uh huh. And they. Doctor Strange. Was that kind of? And Doctor Strange. No, I mean, yes, Doctor Strange and the yeah, Multiverse yeah. of Madness. They literally showed us X-Men in, or at least mutants, yeah. mutants in the MCU for the very first time, like, full on. Yeah. And then, but it's, it was still a tease because yeah. they're in a different universe. <laughs> so now, okay, we finally have mutants in, or at least a mutant, in the MCU Prime. Uh-huh. And... As we just discussed, there are no X-Men or mutant properties in the MCU timeline that we just we just look through. So what's going on? Yeah. So I, I don't know. What, yeah. What like I, I wonder if they actually have a plan. I mean, I have to believe they do, but part of sure. me also thinks that they don't need to. Like they know that there's enough of something in the future that will have to do with mutants. So. Well, until we figure it out, we could just keep stringing them along. So let's throw in a line about mutants. It, we don't know what it means. It doesn't mean anything. But let's put that air. Put it, and, and again, they play the cartoon. Why are they keep playing the yeah. cartoon? Which also, they announced at Comic-Con, there's a sequel to the X-Men cartoon show coming out. X-Men 97. Yeah. Um, so it's not part of the MCU. But it... I don't know. It's just like, wh- why not play... I don't know. The, I guess the X-Men movie theme is not as recognizable, I suppose, or whatever. Or, I don't know. I don't know. It just is like a weird thing it's, where it's, it's just weird. like they're jerking our chain. Just, yeah, the, for sure. Like it just, And I got to believe, like you said, that they do have a plan, but maybe, but well, I guess you did say that they 
they don't need to have a plan. Yeah. Um, but if the Marvel's movie is coming out next year, almost exactly a year from today, yeah. then, it, I mean, I guess it doesn't need to tie in. But then going to the other post credit scene where they switch places or they something happens. Yeah, with who Rogue yeah. takes Captain Marvel's powers traditionally in the comics. Right. Like, is, I don't so, know. It just it, there's like all these weird pieces where out of context you wouldn't know. But if you are like if you are in the know and you see these disparate elements, like wait a second. Yeah, because that's what I was wondering too. Because it is it is Carol Danvers. Marvel, yeah. Miss Miss Marvel, Miss yeah. Captain, Miss Captain, Captain Miss Marvel, that whose powers are stolen uh-huh. by Rogue, who is an X Men. So yeah. is that is that are they leading to that storyline, which is pretty darn gnarly? I didn't I didn't think I'd ever see that in the MCU. So I don't. Yeah, know. and then, I mean, it would be wild, especially if they were going to actually do it in the next year. Like, have they gone this far with with only just like just dancing around and teasing anything X-Men and then potentially in a year, we're going to actually have them more. I mean, maybe, maybe. it'll be, maybe they're going to be introduced. You know, it is a case of these things are going to be introduced more surreptitiously in the back, like black Panther. Maybe there's going to be a mutant element more like, right. Maybe you wouldn't expect that in that movie, but who knows? Maybe there's, that's going to be a significant part of that movie. I don't even know. You know, I don't know what the actual plot's going to be. I don't either, um, but that would be, that's yeah. a, an exciting thing to think about. Um, here, here's a pitch. So the, the, the X-Men 97 thing, what it actually is, is a who frame Roger rabbit setup where the animated <laughs> X-Men characters are interacting with live action. Oh MCU my God. Be perfect. That would be amazing. And they're that, just like all animated. And that explains well. it doesn't explain it, but it also kind of does. It explain also it. kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, oh, oh man. that would be amazing. That'd be hilarious. And awesome. I feel like they could pull that off on like a what if episode or something. Yeah, they could. I mean, I don't know. Now they, they could, they could probably pull off anything at this point. Like, I'm not saying it'll be good, but I feel like <laughs> they could pretty much put anything to film and it will play. Like, you know, it'll yeah. make money or, right? Um, they have to have a couple significant misses in a row, I think, at this point to really sour people and turn it off because, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, and we've seen like, in, in our collective after the credits yeah. podcast yeah. opinion, uh, there's been a, maybe a few missteps this year. Like, I don't, we didn't love um, the Legend of the Ten Rings. We didn't, yeah, you know, so we didn't love everything that came out in this phase, phase four or whatever it is. Yeah, um, but we're obviously still on board. So yeah, and even the stuff we didn't love, we still liked more than. I don't know. In most other movies we saw, or you know, definitely more than like Justice League or other competitive comic franchises. Um, yeah. So even their misses are not really even misses. They're just maybe not bullseyes. Um, uh, nice Daredevil reference. <laughs> exactly. Um, who is going to maybe be in the She-Hulk show? I heard. Um, but uh, and his own show. But uh, what right. was I going to say? There was something I was going to. I mean, it makes sense. They're both lawyers. I kind of yeah. assumed. He yeah, was I mean, uh, yeah, I would hope as much. Um, the what was, I was going to say something else about the X Men, Marvel, mutants. Oh, 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 oh. Um, what does? So, what does it even mean that she is a mutant? What is like? How is that relevant for her? Well, it isn't. I mean, it. Cause... <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what I mean. Is like they could. They just threw that line in there, and it maybe means nothing. They know, like, well, because she has powers, but like, 
Does the mutation mean that she has more powers? It means she <laughs> like, can switch know. places with Captain Marvel. I don't <laughs> like. I, I don't know if those are like. Are they yeah, insinuating that with, those are connected, yes. and that's why that happened, or they're just like, hey, by the way, you also are a mutant. Um, yeah. I, I mean, because really, you could have ended any Marvel show or any Marvel movie with that thing. Like <laughs> exactly. It, yes. Exactly. Nick, Moon yeah, could have Nick Fury shows Oscar up Isaacs. at the end of yeah, Iron Man exactly. and says, "Tony Stark, you're a mutant." <laughs> and he's like, "All right, cool, see ya. Thanks, yeah, thanks exactly. for coming over." Yeah, that could have been in some other alternate universe. That was what the MCU is. It's the X Men instead of the Avengers. Ooh, With, yeah. That's yeah. That's maybe and it, that's oh, and so maybe instead of it, yeah, instead of it being Nick Fury that shows up, it's Xavier in a wheelchair yes. saying, "I'm here to talk to you about." my school i want you to come teach at my school um yeah i mean it's it's it's, as far as phase four goes it's you know it's been a little up and down we're still generally on board but it i won't deny him i'm pretty excited to see where they take it if for no other reason because i don't know i i really don't know what kind of what direction it's going to head in. Um, it feels yeah. like they're, they're juggling a lot of balls, each of which could be significant and, and yeah. maybe not at all. Maybe there's a whole bunch of things that we think are important that don't matter at all. Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited to see what's going to come. Um, actually is the X-Men animated series. Is that on Disney plus? Can that be found? I recently watched it before I think it left, is. Uh, Netflix, but I think it is. Uh, I think it's now on Disney plus. It could be okay. wrong. Because that is a fantastic show. Anyone yeah, that'd be fun it, to go, go back watch and that watch that. Except for the last season. The budgets got cut and animation went down the drain. <laughs> uh, how many seasons? There's three seasons? I think so, yeah. Um, the last tiny little thing I wanted to mention, just because, well, if no other reason, we were at Comic-Con, and there was essentially a Comic-Con in this show. The show opens, yes. or starts with Comic-Con. Um, which is obviously very silly and fun but i wanted to think about it too hard and just try to glean any sort of meaning or not meaning or whatever of how basically circuitous and ouroboros this is now so in the marvel show they are now having a convention about comic like i don't know how to articulate what the 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 weirdness of this and and not even the weirdness because we just take it for granted and it's just a thing and it's not even a what as we're watching the show we're not even like pondering like whoa what are the meta levels and layers to this but when you break it down and think about that it is ridiculous what is actually happening conceptually it's a show that is a comic book show that started because of comic books and comic book conventions and they got popular and created this universe now there's a show about it and in this universe there are characters now that are fans of the character other characters in this universe so much so that they are now creating conventions that mimic the things that started these things in real like i don't know i'm obviously blowing it out of proportion and it, it but it just is like what is happening i, I don't know it, yeah, it, 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 we're in a, we're in our own mirror dimension essentially is what is happening yeah it, it's it's pretty wild it's the the levels of of meta that are that are going on but um yeah and it was kind of just cool because we did go to comic-con so yeah it's it's just kind of funny to think of like 
you know, think of like Captain America and the Winter Soldier or something like that. And it's like, oh, now there's conventions of this guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it, 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 weird. Because it, it almost feels like. Like we suspend a certain level of disbelief when we see yeah. Captain America and uh, and many of these other MCU characters. Yeah. Like, okay, if this was real, like what would really be happening? I mean, yeah, there would be so many like corporate involvements and. I mean, it's um, like the equivalent like, of like, I don't know. I guess we have sports show. I mean, sports. I guess yeah. it'd be like sports yeah, or exactly. mil- like I or mean, military conventions or something like an air show. It would be like an air show and a sports, right? You know, an all star game. Or yeah. something rolled into one or something weirdly. I don't know. Right, and and and, and so we kind of just suspend our disbelief and say, yeah, I mean, this is this is Iron Man. He's gonna do his own thing, and <laughs> yes. when he does his thing and his and Iron Man too, the rest of the world doesn't really exist. It exists to the convenience of the story, whereas yeah. like Miss Miss Marvel here is like, no, this is how the world is. This it is. Yeah as like i mean are there comic books in the mcu there are there are actual comic books but they're not comic books about the avenger characters right? but they would be i mean they they would be i mean it's like the boys the boys obviously is very pointedly about all this stuff exactly and that's kind of actually where i was taking this is is is, is exactly that and the boys is more precisely what the real world would be and i'm not talking about like the, the the necessarily even the corruption and the that kind of side sure but just, just the celebrity aspect of it exactly just yeah. yeah um so yeah you know, i don't know it's just something that has you know keeps me pondering of just like what and especially that kind of tied in with a little bit of what we talked about with thor with new asgard and this just kind of like meta level awareness of the disneyification and the corporate tie-in of like yeah it's funny but in that world like you're also like the, the the lines between realities are deteriorating now when you are having these conventions exist in the worlds yeah. that we have conventions in real life to so because we don't have superheroes the closest thing we could do is have conventions and try to live this fantasy like we we're just talking about at comic-con you live in this little bubble for a weekend where this is reality and it's wacky and crazy and people are dressed up but we know it's not real this isn't what out I- but when that is actually happening in these false real, like in these, like, you know, is it is it breaking down the fantasy? Even in these fantasy realms, what people are striving for is fandom, is just like hero. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm obviously up my own butt here with stupid, pretentious um, thinking here. But uh, that's what we do. It's what I do. So, um that's all I had to offer there. Nothing conclusive <laughs> or interesting. Just some ramblings. Um, all right. Well, maybe we can ask our listeners to write in. Yes. Doing a deep a deep dive, thorough analysis on what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, or or maybe just who, coming to a conclusion. Yeah. How about tell that? me what I'm trying to say. Reach some conclusion for me, listeners. I dearly need it. Um, or just tell us anything else. Tell us what we tell us your thoughts on Ms. Marvel. How did you like the show? Uh, was it a win? I feel like this probably is mid middle realm for me of the MCU shows. I think it is above like Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It's above What If. It's above yeah. What else? Yeah, I would say it's probably smacking. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I, I would put it still maybe just slightly below. Yeah. 
like uh, Hawkeye, Wand- WandaVision, Loki. I think I like I Moon Knight more than this, but only just barely. Yeah. Well, maybe, no, I like Moon Knight a more than you guys so um i would put this above moon knight personally yeah i would put moon knight above this so okay. maybe that's right. the there, you there know, you fluctuation There's... there yeah um but listeners where would you rank it um and what were we wrong about or right about and also what uh what did you do at comic-con if you went to comic-con and if you didn't go to comic-con why not why didn't you get tickets um but uh three years ago. yeah three years ago um in any case just write in let us know how things go what do we come what do we got coming up next uh who knows well we got we're probably gonna do an episode on nope um in the next couple weeks and then we may have a kind of fun bonus episode i believe ryan with you and chewy talking about something i don't know why i'm saying we can't you know yeah we both saw the back to the future musical in great britain so we're going to talk about that so look forward to that listeners it's going to be fun and cool um and then after that by then she hulk might be out as well as the new game of thrones prequel show um and the lord of the rings shows lord of the rings is coming out in september so the fall lineup is coming down the pipe um i'm not sure what other movies are coming out soon but i'm sure there's a handful of things we'll talk about so stay tuned listeners for all that good stuff um and uh you know we mentioned last episode but you could listen to ryan you guest starred on young jedi night club podcast that's right um and i also well this will be out before that but look forward to seeing me hearing me on Marvel Star Wars Explorers, where we cover some Star Wars newspaper comics. Sweet. So look forward to that, listeners, coming out in the next week, couple weeks soon. Um, and if you want to hear me talk about Star Trek Discovery, go over to Jacksonville, little name It's a long name um, <laughs> where we make fun of and hate on Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and Chewie will be back, listeners. Chewie isn't here, but he's home. He got home. He survived Europe. He survived. He's back home. He's resting. He'll be back, uh, most likely next episode. So he'll be back joining the crew. The Yum Chunks crew will be reunited after long last. Um, anything else before we no, that's... Cl- skywalk out of here, 10 but... feet above traffic? Yeah, let's let's airstep our way <laughs> through the neighborhood. Uh, thanks for coming to Hall H and listening to our panel listeners. It was a blast. Uh, you could get your free poster with your ticket. Go to the Room of Redemption, the fulfillment room, and you get a little poster of us and William Shatner. So it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been After the Credits A Young Chunks Podcast <laughs> <laughs>